0: Another edition of Mass, Mats, and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can hit me on Twitter, Justin Harvey75. We are recording today in uh, Stage L of, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, Fever Studios here in Toluca Lake. It's really sunny. It's hot outside. We live in Southern California. For the rest of you people that are freezing or miserable somewhere else, I am so sorry. That over there is the ginger assassin, or whatever the hell he wants to call himself, Byron.
1: And uh, welcome, as always, Byron. Thank you for having me. You can find me at at Byron Fever. And also be sure to watch a show that I shot and produced this weekend. Uh, shameless plug, The Vanilla Ice Project on DIY, 10 p.m. on Saturday. Please watch the show and keep me employed. Wow.
0: Wow. You you really, you went for the late, play. Byron asked me about five minutes ago if he could plug his thing. I was like, of course, who comes on a, a little dinky podcast and can't plug whatever the hell they want. But I didn't realize you were going to
1: lead with it. That was like your strong lead. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long people are going to stay on this podcast, so I just wanted to make sure they heard it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I guarantee you the end of this podcast is worth sticking around for. And one of the reasons for that is because we have got with us today the heel of all you've seen him on lucha underground and no he is not a wrestler it's just because he's in the front row screaming his head off on almost every episode we bring to you today the lucha gringo casey how you doing brother
2: hey how's it going guys uh, i'd also like to plug the show i'm on uh, it's called lucha underground it's on wednesday nights you usually <laughs> sit me see me in the front row next to jefe's office um, i also buy him coffee once in a while he lets me hold his key if you get the key
0: that we, we have to talk. It's because, the key to Matanza's heart. Yeah, it's it's like a giant valentine for violence. Um, big show planned for today. Lots of great things going on. Lots of excitement. thing. I'm going to kind of take this in the order of what I feel is importance. So that being said, I'm going to start with Prince. And the only reason I'm going to start with Prince, and I'm not going to stick on Prince for very long, but... Uh, We like to cover things that, you know, both Lucha Underground fans and MMA fans love. And surprisingly, if you go on Twitter or Facebook, MMA fans and Lucha Underground fans all love Prince. And they should. I'm Mm -hmm. a big Prince fan myself. Mm -hmm. It was awful, awful news after a week of other crazy, awful news. Like, the internet must have blown up 700 times this week. But uh, to the purple one, you know, it's it's almost hard to even talk about. Uh, Just such an icon of the business. And... You know, when I used to be a recording engineer, I would sit in the studio and we would try to do stuff and just think to ourselves like, hey, did what we just record, was that even as cool as, you know, Prince belching into a microphone? Like, what are we doing? Can we live up to anything Prince has ever done in the studio? And uh, you know, if you guys have any thoughts on Prince, we can hit hit that real
2: quick. Oh yeah, I got kind of a fucked up Prince story my dad told me this morning. Uh, So Prince, phenomenal guitar player like the best amazing for some reason the Rolling Stones saw him when they were on tour somewhere and they're like we need this guy to come play with us at the LA Coliseum right and so it's the Rolling Stones George Thorogood and the Destroyers and Prince so one of these things is not like the other <laughs> so he came out uh, to the LA Coliseum which you know holds like what like 60 70,000 people probably people. and it's the Rolling Stones so they probably sold that shit out Prince gets out on stage. He only gets to do three songs. They started uh, booing him off the stage. They started throwing shoes at him. Who throws uh, shoes? Yeah, who throws a shoe? Seriously. but Daniel Cormier. Yes. That's the answer to that question. DC by the way, throws shoes. DC yeah. will throw a shoe at your ass. So he gets booed off the stage. And my dad's like, I didn't get it. I thought he was fucking good. He was like shredding on the guitar the whole time. And it's, it's because of how he was dressed, probably but then the stones came out and people were still throwing shoes and uh, mick jagger grabbed the mic and said uh welcome hey guys uh we're proud to be in los angeles land of the shoes and they started playing and prince got over that and he totally ripped shit up for years so that's cool because if that happened to me i would fucking never want to play again
0: well apparently he played so much that uh over 70 percent of the music he recorded in his lifetime has not been released and is still sitting in a vault right now at Paisley Park. And there's gonna be some kind of epic legal battle with the estate that no one knows what controls because he never had any kids that anyone knows of legitimately. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. I mean, The guy it was so prolific that there's still this huge catalog of stuff we've never even heard of his. Now, don't get me wrong. I bought the last three Prince albums and they should have all been one album, not three. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the guy to death and, and I'm just saying, not every song needs to come out necessarily, but man, I would love if somebody sat down and maybe pulled the three or four best albums worth of stuff out of there.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he already has written pretty much any hit that, that we've heard. Yeah. I mean, you, when you sit down and think about it, when Michael Jackson passed away and people called him the king of pop, every once in a while, there'd be like one of my friends is a super Prince fan. And he'd say, well, he's probably kind of tied with, with Prince. Right. Like if you're going to compare, I mean there there's like a top shelf and they're both on that shelf. And then you're like, "Well, no, Michael Jackson." But then they but then when you look at all that Prince has done, all the hit songs that he wrote that you never heard him play, it's it's incredible. I mean, he's he was I mean, he passed away and the whole world the whole world just turned purple.
0: Yeah, absolutely did. I mean, and there's some great stuff out there. I posted on my, my Facebook and my Twitter, uh, the piece of him performing Purple Rain at First Avenue. Mm. It's actually what they used for the song on the record. So this is a live performance that was edited down. It's 13 minutes long. You guys should check it out. It's it's And it's one of the few things out there because of the weird Warner Brothers issue. Not much of his stuff is up on the internet. They were very good at pulling his stuff down and controlling it. Uh, in England, you can see a lot more of it than not here. Mm. Um, But so this piece, he's actually performing Purple Rain live with Wendy and Lisa, the revolution, the whole band. And it's it's there, it's what you hear on the record. It's the song that we all know, but it's this live performance and they cut it down to make the version that's on the record. It's like this performance inspired a movie, a soundtrack, a hit song, Mm -hmm. like just from this one moment in time. It's amazing. One live take. That's it. That's all Prince needed. Yeah. Fucking a little live editing, take. So, you know, because, you know, you can't release a song that's 13 minutes long, but I mean, just amazing, especially for that time and era yeah. before Pro Tools and that kind of editing equipment. You know, this was all analog, old school editing done on it, and it, they chopped it down to six minutes or seven minutes or whatever, and it's,
2: it's all in there. It'd be like this podcast being like a hit album and a fucking movie. like. It could happen. It could happen. It it happen yeah byron's got a face for radio <laughs> and though i
0: know we did this last week and this is just awful like i uh, th- next week i really really hope to not be starting the show talking about doom and gloom and people dying yeah you know last week it was joe aquavaglio the uh the mma fighter who died over in yeah. ireland and we'll get to that too because that's still impacting this week's news a little bit and then it was balls mahoney mm-hmm. this week we have mm-hmm. prince which um erased the person who died right before that a little bit, uh, at least as far as the internet's concerned, but that was huge news too. Uh, Joni passed away, China from WWE, and that one actually hit me kind of hard too. Um, I won't say that I was a fan of everything that China did. I don't think that anyone is, but there was a certain run in her WWE days where I really loved what she was doing because you could tell that this was a girl, and this is probably why her, her end was so tragic Anyway, you could tell that this was a girl who was probably made fun of growing up. She was weird. She was an outsider. She was an outcast. And you could tell there was a stretch in WWE where this strange, oddball, freak show human being found a real place in the world. Where Mm -hmm. they found a place where they not only could belong and be accepted, but they could also excel. Now, given her issues and her living a life up to that point probably led to some serious mental things that were going on with her that, that always impacted her and affected her negatively. But I mean, if you remember China when she started, she wasn't as pretty because she had a whole lot of work done, y'all. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. but she still got over and she still worked her butt off. And I got to give her credit. And when, when you saw those stories, when you saw her when the IC title, when you saw her with Eddie Guerrero, when you saw a lot of these things, mm-hmm. you had to feel for her as a person and you had to want to see her get over. Anybody who didn't is just not human to me. What did you guys think about China? You want to go
1: first? Yeah, uh, well, one of my first China memories was, uh, and I was a WCW guy, but I would turn to Raw every once in a while, was watching her just put Ahmed Johnson to sleep with a (laughs) fucking chin lock right? (laughs) and going, oh, poor guy, like she, like, not like I felt bad for him that he had to sell for her, but I felt bad because she was hurting him like she was convincing and she she probably had to do that her whole career though cuz people yeah. probably
0: didn't take her seriously back then mm-hmm. Yeah
1: but she I mean she was just she was great and she was believable she came in as a professional wrestler's bodyguard and I mean you have like Shawn Michaels with Diesel Diesel's bigger and takes care of the tough guy and you have China coming in protecting another man who's bigger than her and and that that takes a lot to make that work and to be convincing and she was physically intimidating and it's just, and she did that. And then it paved the way for others. Like, um, you have Beth Phoenix and, um, uh, which Kong was, which Kong was it in Uh, WWE? Awesome Kong. Kong? Kong. Like you pay, you paved the way for them to come in. You paved the way for like Kurt angle and TNA just talking about doing a match with awesome Kong and even taking a fall. And it's, she was, she was groundbreaking and she was a pioneer. She definitely came from a troubled, uh, troubled youth or upbringing. And, um, it's, it's sad that it didn't end out, uh, didn't turn out better for her.
0: It is, but it is also nice that she is receiving a certain amount of accolades. And I've heard people go back and forth on whether she should be hall of fame. She won the freaking IC title. She, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there and, and believe me, in those days, I know they were hot-shotting a few things here and there, and they did some some unbelievable stuff that no one really imagined would ever happen, like Jericho being the person to unify the titles and whatnot. But at the same time, I mean, come on, people. This is the WWE that we all bitch and complain about constantly, <laughs> and they actually put the strap on a woman at that point in time. That was a big deal. Yeah. Well, They
1: were doing lingerie matches and all that stuff back yeah. then. like The women wrestlers... Few of them were good, but most of them were just out there to look at.
2: Yeah. If the Birdman Coco Bewares in the fucking Hall of Fame, then China deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, was well, a jobber. Come
1: on. Yeah, my 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 take on China in a Hall of Fame is she turned into such a loose cannon at the end of her career, and I think she was probably probably more often than not a genuine sweet person who you know everyone still knew, um, or she was a person everyone knew from back in the day. But when she's doing things like accusing hunter of uh, beating her or giving her a black eye which is unsubstantiated rumors at best uh, i think how it got settled was it didn't happen and she apologized but when she's <laughs> doing that and she's just showing up and taking selfies at wwe headquarters you can't put her on a live mic you can't put her in the right. hall of fame until she either until somehow she can prove that she's not a liability moving forward and well, and she obviously was.
0: Obviously, she was a liability. And I don't think any fan's going to deny that at this point in time. But, you know, hopefully, and I, and I said this about Balls, too. People, Some people had great things to say about Balls, Mahoney. Some people had terrible things to say about Balls, Mahoney. I would just hope that, you know, these are workers that put in their heart and soul to entertain us. And, oh, you know, both mm-hmm. of them did that. And that hopefully their legacy... People will focus more on the good aspects of what their legacy had and and, and understand that these are real people who had real issues and and an actually a fairly tough career, a career where there's a lot of other people, a lot of other people trying to get over, maybe even at their expense. And mm. it, some people handle it well, some
2: people don't, you know? Mm. Um, you think her ceiling would have been Nicole Bass, though, like really?
1: Yeah. And she oh.
2: really transcended that. I mean, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Byron, the look on Byron's face, I think... Were you turned on a little bit when he said Nicole Bass? No, 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 yeah. no, no. I
1: just I just remember Nicole Bass, like, showing up for a couple of weeks on Raw... And, then, He's and then even in doing like a, she was suing for some sort of harassment. or. Oh whatever.
2: no, she sued because they didn't gimmick the fucking guitar that they busted over her head. <laughs> it was the show that Owen died and it was the oh, match no. after. So I think shit just got kind of shifted around because there's a wrestler fucking dying right Yeah, there.
1: they stabbed someone on Dexter, you know. And let's let's happen. be honest,
0: yeah. would you really gimmick a guitar that you were going to smash over that noggin? Nah, nah she can take it. Well, so rest in peace, Joni. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, hopefully, you're up there on the internet listening to this right now. We got love for you, girl. Um, moving on to the other story that absolutely just flat out broke the internet. <laughs> Connor freaking McGregor mm-hmm. with, and and this is an ongoing saga. So, uh, just to recap where we are, because I don't know when you might listen to this. The story as it stands right now: Connor tweets he's retired. Dana White starts doing some press and whatnot. And, you know, Dana says, well, I don't know if he's retired or not, but I'm pulling him from UFC 200 because he doesn't want to come and do press. <laughs> he doesn't want to fly from Iceland. Um, and then that story keeps going for a while. And then Dana's doing doing the rounds on various shows. And uh, I think it was on uh, The Herd with Colin Coward or whatever that guy's name is, which I listen to way more than I should um he says that connor they offered to like fly his whole gym out there or something crazy and that you know if he does happen to show up by friday he could still be part of ufc 200 but you know that's was even at that point in time very unlikely so then you know oh and the other main point that dana says then is that If Conor does officially say he's retired in writing to us, his Mm -hmm. employers or, you know, his promoters, then because of the new rules adopted by USADA for anti-doping, he would have to then re-declare that he was coming back and wait four months for pre-testing before he could even have a fight. And this was the major FU card from Dana. Yeah. That was... And and a lot of fighters right now, you have to understand, these rules didn't go into effect until the beginning of this year, and they weren't even really enforced at the first few fights for this year. So this USADA stuff is new with no IVs. You get random um, out-of-competition drug testing. Mm -hmm. um, People are getting popped. Weird things are happening. Cards are changing. And and Lorenzo Fertitta said last year, like, look, guys, it's going to be worse before it gets better with this USADA thing. But it's going to help clean up the sport, and it's going to shut everyone up. And look, mixed martial arts has always had a lot more eyeballs on it i mean this is the sport that mccain was trying to ban 10 years ago Mm -hmm. you know it just got legalized in new york state this year so that's all 50 states that's all 50 states now but i mean ufc as much as they may have benefited or pride may have been even benefited from certain supplements and certain guys being on the juice and whatnot, they're smart enough at this point to realize, hey, we have to clean up this sport. Mm-hmm. We have more eyeballs on us. People already look at this as a blood sport, so we have to operate on a certain level that is probably a, even more above reproach than what the other leagues are doing. Good mm-hmm. Kudos to them. I don't know if they're doing it the right way. That's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. But so Dana pulls that card on Connor. <laughs> sure enough... Not too much later, we get this diatribe Facebook message from Conor McGregor. (laughs) That is amazing. God, this this guy is, yeah, like, and, you know, we're wrestling fans and, you Mm -hmm. know, also MMA fans. But at the same time, this is the kind of thing you got to love. This is a shoot, people. There might be some things left out of it, but this is a freaking shoot right here. He goes off and he starts talking about the stuff that he's done for the company, how he's promoted for them. Like, and he did. Keep in mind, he took two short-notice fights to keep cards alive for the UFC. He walked into some big, big things. He's done world tours for these guys, and he's done them above and beyond what other fighters have had to do in the past because he does them so well. Yeah. And so now what he's saying is, guys, I know, you know, that there's a big thing coming up, but with this one tweet, I've quadrupled the eyeballs that would have ever been on this from the $10 million (laughs) you're going to spend. He also says, you know, like, give me some of the benefit of the doubt great here's the problem with what connor said i agree with everything connor said the problem is they don't have to do any favors what connor is mm-hmm. asking for is a favor he feels like he's done them favors in the past yeah sadly however and this has happened to other fighters in the ufc they don't have to return the favor because a contract he says you know he's paid to fight Not entirely true.
2: Mm -hmm. The contracts actually state that you have to do a certain amount of promotion. Yeah, and as wrestling fans, if you're expecting a promoter to do a favor for you because you did one for them, you're a fucking mark. Yeah,
0: and you know, Connor benefited from from being Matt Mark, maybe. He Mm -hmm. was a little bit of a company guy, but he was also a company guy that asked for more and more. He was wise. He spoke up for himself. And he's speaking up for himself now. And in the long run, I believe this will do some good. But these guys don't have a player's union. There's no group to Mm. protect him. And he did already sign a bout contract. We haven't read that. None of us know what that says. But I can guarantee you it says a certain amount of promotion and doing advertising is required. I do however think that Dana maybe overplayed his hand here a little bit. Yeah. I think that it might not cost him a ton of money. They're thinking UFC 200 is so big that they can they can pull this off no matter what. But at the same time, it it does aggravate your fans. And the UFC is a company that does pride itself on a certain kind of family thing that they that they want fans and people to appreciate the sport and to be involved. Like Dana will, will hit you on Twitter sometimes. I mean, he gets a million tweets and he He will will, call you a retard. if He will. He'll talk, he'll talk to trolls. He'll talk to fans. You know, he does care about his fighters. They all have his personal phone number, you know, and I've, I've seen and met the guy personally several times, nothing but awesome, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that I appreciate everything he does as a businessman, but Mm. it's also the same with Lucha Underground. I think it's one of the reasons why I appreciate that product too. Those guys that make that show, they'll talk to you if you're a fan. They want to mm. know what you think. They want to make the show better. Yeah, I, they
2: all know who I am and talk to me all the time. Like, it, at the shows, they'll be like, what's up, Casey? You know, the, and at the very least, they'll just fist bump me when they walk by. And Dana know. White, make no mistake. They hate Byron,
0: though. Dana is that kind of guy, too. Now, given mm. his sport has grown to a point where he can't reach and touch everybody, he can't shake everybody's hand. Yeah. But he's not untouchable. He's not He's not ignorant and not listening. He is listening. But... This is a problem because people are really on Connor's side. Some people at first were like, oh, he's whining and complaining. But even fighters now, you know, John Jones and DJ and all these other fighters are like, yeah, right on, man. I'm glad you're saying it because we've all wanted to say John Jones has had these kind of problems before. John Jones was Mm -hmm. the one who was like, dude, I I can't take the short notice fight because that's just not how I work. I train. I study tape. I Mm -hmm. look at a dude. I try to figure him out and break him down. John is walking into a, a short notice fight himself right now. But he's finally doing it, and it's almost probably because of what Conor McGregor's done. Mm -hmm. So it's a big, crazy story. The way it stands right now, you know, Conor threw it back at the UFC like, well, ball's in your court. I think they could have said, fine, Conor, come and do New York, because he said he would still do the big promotional thing in New York, but Mm -hmm. he didn't want to come out and film the commercial. Okay, not filming the commercial is a little bit of a big deal. That's a problem. Yeah, I understand that. But maybe they can make some concessions. And trust me, me and Byron, we both work on this end of the industry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a gig gets moved or canceled. If you still want paid, you show up when they reschedule it.
2: Just yeah. show the fucking... Just yeah. shoot
1: the commercial in New York. You <laughs> can do anything with a commercial, though. Like, he doesn't have to be there for the 18-hour workday that the crew's going to be there. Just put him in front of a green up, screen. screen. shows up, does makeup for an hour, sits in a chair, and then he can go and film for another hour, half hour... Make some faces, do some stuff while they make them look good, and then he can leave because they have so much else to shoot. Absolutely, you could. He doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to do all like the super fancy stuff they may have planned. There's, I mean, with, send a green screen to Iceland. Well, yeah. there's no cameras in Iceland. There's always there's always a middle ground or compromises you can make on a shoot in production.
0: I think that I think that Conor McGregor could sit there in Iceland. He could do some Skype stuff. Do a couple interviews. Throw some salt at Nate Diaz. They've got... They yeah. also have... These guys just fought like two or three months ago. It's not like there isn't already some existing footage. Yeah. Most of which was Connor's doing anyway, because Nate walked into that fight like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just here. I'll take a fight. Whatever. Connor did most <laughs> of the promo for that fight. Yeah. Uh. They don't even need to be in the same place. Let these two guys talk smack on Skype, shoot a couple promos, send them to New York City to do a one Q&A. Connor is a million sound bites a minute. I mean, just that email alone, you could pull 20 different sound bites out of that thing.
1: Well, you just send a guy with a camera and an RE kit to his training place, film him training grab interviews while he's walking from one place to another. Just ask him questions. Have him talk. It's going to stand out. It's going to look different and it's going to grab your attention. I
0: just think there was a lot of other ways instead of this this pissing contest. But, the real reasons behind this. I'm going to put on the the tinfoil hat a little bit here because I feel like there's more going on here than what the public is now officially bought into. A lot of people were thinking there was more to it to begin with, but I say... Just for shooting a couple promos, there's no way that Connor says, I'm retiring, and that's the first thing we hear about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that even Connor McGregor, as much as he has been a team player, as much as he might be really, really focused on this match, and he says that's part of it, that he really just wants to focus, get himself refocused, and not screw up the fight by, by worrying about all the promotion of the fight. But, and I believe some of that's true, I think it was still a real shoot. I think there's some gaps on both sides here that we're not being told about. I personally believe that Connor was told that there may be another match that might headline above him at 200. Hmm. Because I think the thing that speaks to Connor more than the money, more than the winning, is the ego of being the biggest thing in the sport. I think he was able to handle that loss fine because mm-hmm. he still felt like he was the biggest name in the sport. But if they told him, hey, we're really hoping John Jones comes out of his fight unscathed, And it'll be DC versus John Jones headlining the card because Conor Nate's not for a belt. Mm -hmm. You could still keep it as the headliner if it's for a belt. But all of a sudden, if you put John Jones or Robbie Lawler on UFC 200, it probably can't be the headliner anymore, even if he is the biggest draw. It just doesn't make sense. He's already got an interim title fight coming on before him. It was already weird last time that the women's title fight was literally a warm-up to him, and a lot of people had serious issue with that, but yeah. if you do that with John Jones or Robbie Lawler, who has been nearly killing himself in his title fights, <laughs> that's just not going to fly with anyone. Those fights would have to headline over him, and there's one other draw that could headline over Conor McGregor. And Brock Lesnar? Casey w- Nielsen. Brock Lesnar could. Brock Lesnar was at UFC 100, and I think that will just be his legacy yeah i don't think he's gonna be showing up in the octagon anytime soon um unless he's gonna wrap more bowels inside of him somewhere um, <laughs> he, he doesn't like getting hit no well who does really yeah especially in that weight division but at the same yeah. time yeah brock's uh, look it's hard for me to talk smack about brock because i've stood face to face toe to toe with this man and he's literally three of me three of me would <laughs> would take to make even a, an outline of a Brock Lesnar. But the other name that's out there that we all know might come back is George St. Pierre. Oh, shit. George St. Pierre has been talking about how he's doing a training camp for a training camp. He's mm-hmm. testing himself out to see if he's coming back. Yeah. I believe that he's been in serious, serious talks with Dana. And, and George, by the way, has not denied any of this. He was on Ariel Helwani's show earlier this week, and it was like He was there and he was going to say something and then for some reason he gets on the show and doesn't have anything to say.
2: Mm.
0: I feel like there was something more at play and that no one's looking at. And I think that Conor McGregor might have gotten the phone call that, hey, not only are you not fighting GSP because you begged us for this Nate fight. And don't forget everyone, he asked for this Nate fight at UFC 200 to be the headliner. Conor asked for this fight that he doesn't want to do promotion for. I think that Maybe there was some talk of GSP headlining on that card above him. And don't be surprised. I said this on Twitter. As soon as all of this went down, don't be surprised when the GSP factor in this whole scenario starts to come out. Well, Khabib Nurmagomedov did an interview over in Dagestan or wherever he just flew back to after his fight. And apparently he was asked now that all this has happened to possibly face Nate Diaz or, George St. Pierre. Holy shit. So I got to think that maybe there has been some backstage talks going on. Mm. And you never know how Connor might work himself into that. Maybe Nate disappears and we get Connor GSP. Maybe you get Nate GSP. Khabib says he can't take the fight because it's four days after Ramadan. um, And and he won't Mm. fight during Ramadan. Everyone knows that. That's part of why they rushed his fight last week. But just keep an eye out, people. I'm telling you, the story's not over. There's more to it. Even if Connor's not on UFC 200, it's not as big a deal as people think it is because I think the UFC is going to drop something big, huge on that card. I just also find it funny because anything huge that they do drop on that card, they're not filming that this weekend either. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did it all really matter? It's like they're not filming promos with John Jones in DC right now. If that yeah. ends up on UFC 200, if GSP comes back. Um, for an unnamed opponent, whoever the opponent is, might not know yet, and that that hasn't been announced yet. None of none of these things are being filmed right now, anyway. So, what was what was
1: the whole point? Well, it seems it seems like your point about how Connor's trying to—he's more interested in his position or his ego, or or saying, uh, you know, proving his weight in the UFC. Um, it seems like it's all playing into that, where he tried to flex. And he's trying to show UFC how big he is, how, you know, his one retirement tweet could sink their huge card. And I think uh, among all the other things going on with that, I think that was also he wanted to show that he could do that.
2: I wondered how many Irish people were canceling plane tickets after that. Well, and and hopefully they hadn't booked too far out because let's this 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 is in early
0: July. I mean, yeah. this thing is not close, and that was part of Connor's whole thing of like, do we have to do it this week? Like, my training's going good. He's helping his partner Gunner Nelson. They're mm-hmm. in I- I- Iceland, and even though the UFC offered like, dude, we'll we'll piece by piece fly your whole gym to Vegas and set it up exactly the way it is in Iceland. Yeah, but all his training partners are there too, mm-hmm. and they're all working on other stuff, and they all have fights. Plus, keep in mind that. His training partner, Charlie Ward, just killed a guy in the ring last week. And Connor was there front row to witness it. Don't discount that. That is a little bit of the catalyst for it. A lot of people were saying that that was the main catalyst. I just think that that might have been the spark in Connor's head that said, hey, dude, I need to do some of this for me. Like, I need to make sure I'm protecting my interest in this whole thing. Maybe I shouldn't be such a team player with UFC. Maybe it is better. You know, bad things can happen you know, and this sport is tough and brutal and my career can't possibly be that long. Maybe I do need to look at some things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where some of this originated from. I don't think it's the whole reason that he goes on Twitter and says he's retiring. Some people thought that, that it was. It wasn't. I just think it was the catalyst for his thinking. The the loss to Nate, the, you know, the guy dying in the ring, Joa uh, jo- uh, Carvalho dying in the ring to at the hands of one of his teammates, him being there for it, Uh, And then on top of it, the fact that he wasn't in Ireland or even uh, Portugal, he was in Iceland, which is a little harder to get out of. Mm -hmm. It's a little more remote and what they're doing up there. You know, that just all kind of made him go, hey, guys, can I have a pass? And I think he really didn't like what he heard. And then I think there might have been some other stuff in the works, too. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, we want you to come promote this thing. Oh, and by the way, you know, somebody else might be headlining over you. I think those things really just sent Connor into a spiral. And I, I do think the initial retirement tweet was a bit much, but the four-month USADA thing cured that. So, Connor's not retired. He's not on UFC 200 right now. Um, there's some talks of what matches might be in there. I think you will not hear until Monday or Tuesday of next week. Maybe not even announced until UFC Tonight on Wednesday of mm-hmm. next week. Uh, a show which I typically don't watch very much anymore because I'm watching Lucha Underground. And they took Ariel Hawani off of it, which I find by the way. Uh. I will publicly say this. I think that is the stupidest thing that Fox Sports has ever done. Yeah, fuck those guys. I know that. that they thought that you know, Ariel was cross-stepping his bounds between his podcast and his Fox coverage. But I think they shot themselves in the foot with that. I don't think the average fan noticed or cared. Uh, and it was totally fine. So Ariel, my brother still listen to your show. Still love everything that you're doing. Really wish that uh, Fox had made a different decision. missed those insider moments. Cause that to me was one of the most fun parts of UFC tonight.
2: You would but- say the coolest shit. Yeah, totally. He got the undertaker challenging Brock Lesnar at ringside too. I'll yeah. never forget that about him. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Because he's also a wrestling fan. I mean, uh,
0: Ariel, Ariel's a, a good dude. I mean, he was, he was like us. He's around the same age bracket, and he was into pro wrestling when UFC started coming out. And then he kind of switched more to UFC, which a lot of people did. But that's part of why we do this podcast, because this podcast is for people that love Lucha Underground woo! and wrestling. And also, I'd like to talk MMA, because most of us, other than Byron, love MMA too. No, I've, I've seen a few of the matches. <laughs> <laughs> a couple, a couple, three. No, he, Brian's good people though. We'll take him to a UFC and it'll blow his mind when he gets blood splattered all over I his face. I saw house.
2: Kimbo Slice versus Dada. Oh, oh
0: my God. God.
1: No, I, I don't like to watch enough films.
0: Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was horrible, horrible, horrible. So, um, that's all I got to say about Connor for now. Shoot me your questions. I've been getting a ton of questions. Uh, you know, to answer the poll that I had up on Twitter. Yes, Conor is going to stay in the UFC. We just don't know what the makeup mm-hmm. is. Stay tuned for an announcement next week after they find out how healthy John Jones is, if he gets a medical suspension or not. Because I feel that John Jones versus DC is the simplest solution. Shuts Conor up. They move Conor Nate to 201, 202 somewhere else. They got plenty of pay per views. They need people on. Mm-hmm. Sucks to not have Conor on the biggest event of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also the Madison Square Garden event, which could be a problem too. Because I think maybe they want to Jones DC for that. We'll see. But wait for the announcement. GSP is also
1: in the mix, I think, people. Which one is CM Punk going to fight on?
0: That's a good question. I mean, he's coming over a surgery now. Uh, Mickey Gall is scheduled to be his opponent, who is actually, I think, a little tougher than they hope. hoped.
2: <laughs> he's going to fuck Punk up is what's going to happen.
0: I, I don't know, man. I, I hear mixed reports about Punk. There are some people that say they've seen him in the gym and he's garbage. And there's other people that have said that that he's right on track to, to be with those you know professional fighters that have had two or three fights. You know, And because of his surgeries and, and whatnot, that it's taken him a little longer to get in there. But the, I think the problem is the longer it takes Punk to get in there, Gall is in, and is getting better every time too. I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. they, you know, Dana found him on his little show, and he was one zero or second professional fighter, yeah. whatever it was. But then they brought him up to the UFC, and you know he put the whoop on the Truth, who's a great kickboxer. I mean, a lot of people thought that that Mike the Truth Jackson was nobody, but at the same time, this guy's a, a credible kickboxer and a journalist. But hey, I'm a journalist, and I feel like there's a couple
2: guys I could beat up.
0: So, <laughs> I'm an
2: investigative reporter, and I feel the same way. You know. But
0: anyway, gonna... so um, without further ado, let us get to the thing that we all love, and thank you guys for hanging in there with the MMA talk and the Joni talk and whatnot, because really the main focus of this podcast every week is one show, one brilliant hour of television, Renegade. known as not Renegade, <laughs> not Renegade. <laughs> lucha underground yeah um and i'm gonna say it again i it's so amazing i keep thinking to myself oh this is gonna be another run-of-the-mill episode or this one's gonna lag a little bit and honestly i'm not afraid to say it there were episodes in season one that were that mm-hmm. you turned it on and you're like eh, okay this you know they gotta work a uh, up to some big matches this episode's gonna be whatever you know they have not seen one of those this season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, also I think that they shortened the run. The season was 30 something the first season. No, they got extended for more this
0: season. No, or but f-
1: like season two, their season two arc is like twenty something episodes as opposed to thirty something. I, I think know. it's no secret season three is and, shooting right
2: now anyway. And
1: yeah. season
0: three has been extended to fourteen more episodes or something crazy. I, I saw but, somebody post. Like oh, season wow. three is is hella long. Yeah. Yeah. Three. So for anybody who's planning on going to tapings and you're expecting to show up at Ultima Lucha like in the next couple of weekends, <laughs> uh, probably not. Uh, probably not. Man, <laughs> I think we'll all have to just bomb DJ and be like, dude, when is Ultima Lucha filming? Because and he's not going to tell any of I know of because shit. I keep hearing they got more episodes and this, that, and the other thing, and I'm looking at wrestlers confirmed dates and whatnot, and you know, obviously there's going to be two taping weekends in May. Um, yeah,
2: somebody shouldn't have posted that. You know who you are, dude. Oh, there's
0: <laughs> there's other ones too. Now I've seen I've seen three different wrestlers. Oh, so maybe oh, really? they're maybe they're allowed to. I don't know. Yeah.
2: But then I also saw some of
0: those wrestlers just had that they were in LA filming in June. So I don't know if those are going to be lucha tapings
2: either. Oh, you know um, what I heard too? I heard that the Voodoo Glow Skulls are going to be in Boyle Heights in May. Ooh. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, in May they're going to be in Boyle Heights on a on a weekend. So who knows? So,
0: I, you know, to people who are in the Los Angeles area, get out to a taping if you can. I don't care if you live in San Diego or Santa Barbara. Try to go to a taping because it is freaking amazing. In it's the one of
1: the bright spots, the brighter spots of having to suffer through Los Angeles. All the constant, uh, like, sunny weather and just how everyone here is always generally in a good mood. And healthy. And mm-hmm. healthy. Like, if you like to eat kale, this is phenomenal. But you know, you. It, Nothing brings you back down to the earth like a little drive through
0: Boyle Heights
2: to
1: the yeah. temple, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Lucha tapings, <laughs> yeah. I think, is like a top 10 reason to live in Los Angeles. And you know
2: what? Oh, if sure. you're not from LA, fuck that. Fly out for the show. We got our we homie, know Randy. Who do that.
1: Yeah, the heels yeah. do it. They're from
2: Tennessee. Randy does it. He's from Connecticut. Uh, Rob Viper does it, and he's from fucking Toronto. Yeah. I was
1: working in Florida, a Monday to Friday uh, uh, show. Should watch Saturday at 10 p.m. on DIY Network, Vanilla no, Ice the, Project. That's the plug. I and was I was working, and for Ultima Lucha 2, I left work. I drove from the set house to the airport in Fort Lauderdale, an hour away, got on a plane flew home someone else was living in my home so i stayed on the couch and then i went to ultima lucha for the whole weekend i took an uber no justin harvey this I, one yeah, justin look, harvey, I drove you to the airport justin harvey drove me to the airport straight from the show i'm still covered in sweat and just all sorts of lucha smells and then bodily i go bodily fluids bodily fluids <laughs> and then uh and then i drove from that airport straight to work on monday and half-assed my way through a hit tv show saturday at 10 p.m on diy Vanilla eyes project and if if i can do that you can do it too
0: yeah yeah I, i came back from oregon for a couple tapings too when i was working up there but you know what's really funny about that before we get into this review i still have not met urban you know why?
2: Urban hasn't come out, but he is coming out But I mean, again. every time oh. he does, yeah.
0: I'm not there. Like, he yeah. came out to the season premiere this year, too, didn't he? And no, I, no, no, just J-Man and Ashley. Oh, J-Man. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, Urban,
0: come on, brother. I, I gotta meet you face-to-face, because Urban has actually helped me out. What you guys don't know is, like, oh, there's some podcaster love out there. Yeah. Urban's actually helped me out figuring out some stuff for this show. Yeah, Great dude. I listen to their show every week, and I listen to Twit Riles show, too, and I listen to Way Too Real podcast. I listen to a lot of people's stuff. Um, typically I try to do our show first and then listen to it. So I'm not inadvertently <laughs> thieving anybody's off. stuff. So if there is something that you hear repeated, believe me, it's, it's a coincidence. Yeah. And
2: he also listens to carnage culture.
1: What's that? Carnage
0: culture. Look, okay. So I, I'm going to get into this right now before we go to the review. Last week, Casey took some heat on this show. Vinny Massaro came on to talk about balls Mahoney, Vinny and Casey piled on. So I feel it's only fair that we let the Lucha Gringo say his piece.
2: Uh, actually, like, as we were recording this, Vinny tried to call me. Oh, so, he was he trying to call you and talk some more smack? Probably. <laughs> no, Vin, Vinny's a cool dude. He just likes to bust balls. Uh, I, I know we're homies. It's cool. It's cool.
1: Well, he brought up a lot of very valid points and some in, interesting takes on some key issues when he was talking about you.
2: Uh, I guess so. Um, I do want to call Byron a piece of shit just so I get it out there. I don't think Vinny's a piece of shit. I think he just associates with pieces of shit like Byron a little too much. See,
0: I, I would just like to say, I think that any dispute between two men can be settled with a chop fest. So if you guys want oh, to... Just...
2: Me, let me take my shirt off. No, actually uh, do the shirt. Do the shirt.
1: You're, you're in my home. You keep your shirt on.
2: Okay, go go for it. Go for it.
1: No, I'm not going to touch you.
2: Okay. Oh, I, I'll have You, you guys heard oh. it here. You, you,
0: you heard it here. Byron had a <laughs> chance to light Casey up with a vicious, vicious chop, and he declined it. Uh, and I
2: offered. I offered, because I knew I was going to get one back. It
0: could have been settled like men. Instead, we're going to have to settle it like bitches and move on with the show. <laughs> 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 All right, so this week's Lucha Underground starts off with Dario, the man of endless opportunities, which I love, I loved love that line. Um, <laughs> and he brings in three very famous luchadors to... Possibly tell them that they're going to be in a trails match? No. No such luck. This year, these three will not be teaming together. Instead, two of them are going to have to face each other, and the third one's going to get his own team. What do you guys think about this opening vignette?
2: Uh, I like seeing Dario screw people over. It's always fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's great to see the process. It's really cool to see the process of him putting everything together because he's such an interesting character. Um, everything he does, you know, you want to see what's going on, but it's also cool to see him mess with people and he puts together three guys who are friends, teases them and then breaks all their hearts and it's, there's nothing better.
2: Yeah. And they were the first, um, the first Lucha Underground taping I went to was the one that they lost and fucked up the match because Aerostar and Drago couldn't get together and as a team. Uh, because they were doing that Best of Five series right. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, that, that was actually the very first Lucha Underground taping I went to. So it kind of it, it warms my heart a little bit.
1: Well, that Aerostar uh, Drago series, to me, was one of the defining defining um, aspects of season one. Like, it was. But that mm-hmm. also,
0: to me, was like... So I'm watching the segment, and I'm like, oh, man, really? Drago Aerostar? We have seen that. Not only have we seen that, <coughs> in a company that's fairly young... We've seen that five times. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, God, do I even really want to see this match?
2: And then it was fucking awesome, right? It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Some stuff actually surprised me about that. I'll get to that when we get to that segment. Yeah. And so, but then
0: the other piece of news that that Dario throws out there is Phoenix has to tag with the Darewolf. And... The nicest guy in the business, the best face around, Jack Evans.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that guy. Oh, oh I fucking love Jack God Evans. We
0: give him it, so damn.
2: much shit for uh, uh just everything at ringside, but that guy is my hero. He is fucking hilarious.
0: And and I have to say this, I actually you know, popped for a match announcement. Who I I don't think I've ever popped for a Dario Simon. Like I almost jumped out of my chair like, oh yes, Phoenix has to tag with Jack. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, it's great. It's just great that they put people together who aren't going to get along, but yeah, but they do it. They explain it. You see it happen. So that way it's just, it makes sense. And the most
2: successful trios team in Lucha Underground history right now is a team that he put together because he didn't, they didn't like
1: each other. Yeah. It's not like you have, um, a tag team of, I don't know, something WWE did that sucked, you know, whatever. Billy and Chuck, <laughs> yeah, with well, Rico. It's like you have the, they'll just put two guys together who don't get along, and then you see them not get along in a match, and then that's that. But this is yeah, that's Russo booking. Here they try to fucking work together. Doesn't yeah. always or work. or
2: any
0: time of King with Stasiak. Yeah, oh yeah, <sighs> should have always been a singles competitor. But I I, I digress. Um, so. I I also think though the the other thing that gave me a little bit of a hmm thing, and as you folks know, I am not afraid to occasionally criticize Lucha Underground. I also felt like they weren't going to let Drago, Aerostar, and Phoenix team together because it would be too much of a competition for Rey, uh, Puma, and Azteca. Yeah, I feel I that like, way too. Yeah. I felt like they wanted yeah. to keep those masks as the the Mask Dream Team because this would have been that that's the other Mask Dream Team is Aerostar, Drago. And Phoenix,
2: I mean... Not the Disciples of Death?
1: Well, also, like, these guys are... These guys are the Lucha Underground dream team. If you go to independent shows that they're on, or... uh, They won the King of Trios. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, where... Triple A, Lucha Underground, when they branch out to other shows, you have them and Pentagon. Right. And all the matches. Like, they're always together. And so I could see that they'd also want to keep it fresh, but also... Winger, you're Ray, Puma and O Dragon Jr.
0: Um, well and I think these, that, that that's yeah. part of why this segment exists, because DJ is not ignorant to what these guys are doing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And and neither are the especially the live crowd. A lot of people who watch the show, they're they're pretty uh, you can put Vinny on, you can answer it. Oh put him on speakerphone.
2: Hey Vinny, we're recording the podcast right now. Hey Vinny. Hi guys. Hold it right up to the mic. How's it going, Vinny? I'm doing good. <clears throat> yeah, us too, dude. We are actually talking about the Lucha Underground episode that just aired. Oh, sweet.
1: Are you, wait a minute. Are you recording me right now?
2: Yeah, yeah, you're on the yeah. Oh, yeah, legally we have to tell you that we
0: are recording you your voice son, for the usage on our, our podcast. Not Nevada. <laughs> son of a bitch. You know, you're supposed, to be,
1: you're supposed to pay me first, and now you're just doing it for free. Well, I'm just, I'm just checking in on you because... Uh, Everyone thinks you died because your Twitter went to shit. So yeah, it'll
2: it'll be back uh,
1: once this podcast drops. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna st- I'm just gonna let everyone know you died. Yeah, okay. that's what I was trying to tweet too. Alright, I'm just gonna let everyone know that. Alright, we'll carry on the podcast. I apologize for interrupting.
2: Oh, it's okay, I, Vinny. I Vinny mean, thanks for thanks for the call. Yeah, I
1: probably made it better.
2: Yeah, you did. <laughs> Last week's episode had the most uh,
1: listens of all of them. Oh, nice. Oh, hey, by the way, peace is the bitch. Bye. <laughs> Another interesting take on a very important issue by Vinny Massaro.
0: Yes, people. Just so you know, Lucha Gringo's not dead. If you're on Twitter as we're recording this, and by the time this is up, it, he'll be back on Twitter. He had some technical difficulties, people. So, no. Casey's not dead. I was getting tweets about that this morning too. I'm like, I'm on the way to the studio to see him right now, people. He's fine. It's it's good. Huh. Don't worry, he's not dead.
2: Oh, well, th- thanks for the concern. He's guys. just
0: lazy and didn't want to do Follow Friday this week, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like byron, show see right
0: this is the best thing, thing is, the great thing is yeah casey's not on twitter right now so what he doesn't understand is that we're all tweeting about how it doesn't matter that he's not on twitter and that you know behind his back like me and byron are sitting here sending tweets and he has no clue what's going on so hey
2: it, it's cool it's <laughs> cool i i i needed to concentrate on carrying the whole weight of the podcast on my back so. that's true that's all that's It's not gonna
1: be interesting how justin edits casey out of this whole podcast i
2: hope he edits all your fucking plugs out actually I might ask for money. What plugs? <laughs> leave them in. You mean my show that's... Today's podcast is sponsored by... Bud Plugs, which Byron is wearing right now. And shout out
1: to Rob and Wes Kane, uh, stars of the hit show, Vanilla Ice Project DIY, 10 p.m. Saturday. Watch it, please.
2: Who the fuck's Rob? Rob? Rob is Vanilla Ice. Okay. I, the listeners need to know. Oh, that's true. They might not. That,
1: was, that wasn't a plug. But that was a shout out to two of my friends. Shout okay. out.
2: And uh, Wes Kane wants to beat me up, though. It's true. We should have Wes on
0: this show from that last spot, and we'll get to that. I'll yeah. talk about what, <laughs> what Wes could really help us out with with this show, because, man, brother, we need your help. Um,
1: <laughs> the temple has very shady construction. It's
0: termites, man. Um, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, quickly, uh, the match between Drago and Aerostar, what are your guys' opinions? Did this live up to the other five matches we've seen? Was it worth it? I th- I know we, we all said, wow, it was pretty amazing. I think... I, I'm exaggerating, but I feel like at one point that Phoenix walked the top rope
2: like all the way around the whole ring. It was like, oh uh, my God, how long is he going to do that? Yeah. Um, um, I, I was surprised about a couple things because there was a pretty serious like fuck up slash injury that happened and I thought they would edit it out uh, where, where yeah. Aerostar kind
1: of kind of hurt himself a little bit. Yeah, but it's... it's with Lucha though... That it adds has, to you, the match, you're, yeah. You're going to see that. They're mm-hmm. doing all these crazy stunts and you're just it's gonna be a part of lucha it's not like the standard wrestling where um, a guy goes for a suplex and the other guy doesn't jump at the right time or someone he was trying to
2: do some crazy quadruple springboard shit where he bounced one rope to the other to the other to the other and then jump to the outside and he got caught and with his style that shit happens man yeah and it makes sense it yeah. It
1: looks impossible to do. Cuz it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he has done it though. Like he has legit done that move. It's just yeah. that, you know, sometimes rings are different.
1: Yeah. Well, it's but uh with regards to this match though, like these guys have put on phenomenal matches together and with other people, but I think always when you put really good characters people invest in and a story between them, it takes any kind of match that's technically good and makes it 10 times better.
2: And I want to see these guys get successful in Lucha Underground as quickly as possible for two different reasons. Like Drago, he's been wrestling forever. I think he's like in his 40s now. Really? You know, early 40s, yeah. You
0: know, I don't and I don't think I've ever seen Drago without the mask on, so I don't I, oh, I, yeah. I don't know so if I've ever yeah. even tried he's, to gauge
2: his age before. He's a very handsome man. He used to he used to have these heartthrob gimmicks. So like the first one he did, he was his name was Billy Jean, <laughs> and he had like a Michael Jackson gimmick kind of. Awesome. And then uh he had this team uh, called the Barrio Boys, which were kind of like almost like boy band style. Uh, it was him, a guy named Billy Boy, and a guy named Dechne, De- 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 I can't fucking. Oh, you know, I've
0: I've actually seen a couple of those. Yeah, okay, so I guess I have seen Drago. Yeah, me <laughs> too.
2: Yeah, so all of these gimmicks you, you were like a little Boy less ben, successful, you, and you know, Drago by far is his most successful gimmick. When you think that his most successful gimmick to that point was being the cat from the EverReady batteries, it was like a sponsorship <laughs> thing, and he was Gato Ever ready, right? Gato
0: EverReady. Yeah. yeah,
2: and then they it. lost the EverReady license, so he was just El Gato. And, uh, and when they realized Ever-Ready
0: batteries suck. Yeah, and then hard, they figured yeah. out
2: how to, to slush mold some latex. So uh, there started being a lot of guys that looked like Drago around. And he was one of the people that got the gimmick. You know, Aerostar, I've been a fan of his since probably like 2007, 2008. Yeah. And he's always wrestled that style. He fucks himself up sometimes. <laughs>
1: he needs to make his money.
2: Yeah, before. he needs to make his money before he can't. So, like, both of those guys, I like seeing them wrestle in an important match, but it, yeah. it would be cooler to see them, like, actually get some gold. I mean, they got the Aztec gold as far as medallion goes, yeah. That, but, you know.
1: Well, uh, if you remember uh, back to Austin Warfare, yeah, that special event they did, you, you saw uh, if you're following on Twitter, if you weren't lucky enough to be in Austin for that, uh, you saw on Twitter, like, oh, Aerostar got hurt, and then you look at the, the Instagram or the Vines or whatever. All these videos are coming out. And you couldn't tell which one it was because he took one spot where Pentagon just pushed him off a turnbuckle and he fell through a table sort of outside <laughs> yeah. the ring. And, and or, he broke the fall with
2: his hand, which is fucked up. Yeah.
1: And then the other thing was he did a huge dive from on top of the building, which he does all the time, mm-hmm. onto everyone, except he kind of just... Brushed off, like, the side, like, one, like Oof. a couple guys. Instead of them catching him, he just kind of, like, hit them and then thudded straight onto the floor. You
2: should have seen the shit me and Justin have seen. And oh, we was, can't talk about we it. We can't, about can't it.
1: talk about it, it, about it but uh, no, no spoilers. spoilers. And, uh, like, you see, that's just on one show. And he's doing, like, he probably hurt himself on the first one. And then he did the second one. Like, it doesn't... I feel bad for you, Justin, eating a second hash brown. Like... I really don't want Casey to have to carry you out of here to the emergency room.
2: Oh, uh, it's okay. We get the nice chewing soy- it sounds into the mic, and, you know, everyone loves those. Um, so, <laughs> Professional radio. Aerostar, radio. Aerostar took the match doing yeah. his, uh, his Santino Morella saluting headbutt, but one that actually hits. The the salute is so awesome the way yeah. he does it too. I mean,
0: it's like he's in slow
2: motion. It's fucking there. locked in. Like he is really saluting, but he can control time. So of course, it's going to be like it's in slow motion. And that's yeah. and
0: that's uh, so my whole thinking with Aerostar and his gimmick when I saw the time travel thing is like I really want to see more about the Aztec tribes. Like I think mm-hmm. you could set up this just a huge feud for a few episodes where everyone has to break up and pick a tribe and be put on a team or a side. And you have the real tribal warfare. You pick mm-hmm. seven tribes, and Dario kind of puts
2: it together. You can get some fucking people, war games or something. Yeah, and if on, people yeah.
0: really represent a certain tribe, oh. or, and then Marty's team could be the eighth mysterious moth trust fund moth tribe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the medallions... Unless you believe that that's really a tribe. It, <laughs> it is, if you look
2: at the, the medallions, it's one of the medallions is a butterfly or a moth.
1: We need replica belts, and we need them to be... cheap? <laughs> um no but the belts in lucha are just incredible the um shout out to
2: top rope belts and uh justice jr
1: yeah their uh gift of the gods belt is incredible just the detail and all except for the and it's actually
0: magnetic medallions that fit in there right because i've
1: seen them fall off every now and then and somebody oh dude i came so i could have grabbed one once oh you would have been in the match i would have been in the match that means you have a chance at winning the title. A chance at a chance at winning the title. Yeah, a, a chance at chance a
0: chance. So anyway, uh, basically these guys have wrestled a bunch of times. This yeah. one was another classic. Um, sad to see that Drago did not earn a medallion, but you never know with Dario. There's not that many people in Lucha Underground. Maybe uh, Drago gets another shot at it. Because yeah. I, I would like to see him continue to get over. I liked his return of Drago gimmick uh, in season one. And that was some of the first tapings I was actually able to make it to. Also, so I got special love in my heart still for Drago. I thought that that was a cool storyline. Talk
2: about special love. I was his lumberjack, man. Of course, I'm always going to be down with Drago. Yeah,
1: someone's a little biased here. Someone helped Drago cheat against uh, Fernandez.
2: I hit the motherfucker so hard he left the company, son. <laughs> Boom. No, he left because hot
1: tub guy kept whipping him in a dick. Yeah, that that would. Give that me wasn't. Yeah, too.
0: that. Well, I mean, but did he actually feel that? Baby nuts, baby nuts. Yeah, your favorite, Casey. Love it. Um, He's gone now. Drago's still here, so you get to cheer for your boy. And yeah. sadly, he did not go over,
2: and Aerostar went over this time. I want one of those tongues, dude. So he has to be like, ah, every time he comes to
1: the ring. Yeah, yeah. That's, I don't not know if use. I, wanna, I want to put that
0: stuff in my mouth. I don't know what that weird black bile
2: crap is bodily fluids warning
0: yeah really i mean maybe it is it's like a collection of stuff off the floor of the temple after everyone leaves and then trago just slops it in his mouth gets it all nice and
2: wet and spits it out like his tongue next week It's pretty fucking nasty in the temple sometimes yeah that's it's pretty sometimes no yeah um
0: so my favorite segment was the next segment and i think you guys might know why it's uh johnny mundo and taya (laughs) look i I have I have a soft spot for the the baseball cap thing on a girl if they if they do it right. So I tweeted that that Taya looked hot in the baseball cap, and she happened to reply to the tweet. She replied. She did. She she replied
2: to him. She replied. You didn't she see said, that, did you? She, she then, said, "Dude, you're creepy."
0: creepy? <laughs> I, look, the the contents of said aforementioned tweet are not necessarily privy to the likes of those who don't live tweet the so East Coast did, version of the show. So I was I was busy. If it, look, guys. If you guys want to see what Taya is saying to me during a Lucha Underground episode, then you got a live tweet with us during the show.
2: Oh my god, you're so creepy! Stop. <laughs> it's not what
1: she said. did. She really? She probably said that.
2: That was an actual recording. Oh.
0: <laughs> anyway, I thought she looked hot with the back, with the backwards hat thing. Uh, I also noticed one thing in this segment, though, that the sink. Yes, I'm calling you out a little bit. The yeah. sink was a little off on the reverse shot oh. uh, behind Taya's head. So our but. I would like this. This to me is actually a good thing because I don't think it was necessarily sync that was off. I think they might've done some actual ADR. Maybe they had a mic issue or something. I don't know
1: if it's ADR, but I think they might've been using coverage that they weren't using the audio from. Like all of her over the shoulders. Right. I because that's where think. it was. Yeah. I noticed that too. And that bugged the hell out of me. I've, I've done projects of mine where I'm editing in like the 13th hour and I'm losing my mind. And I think, is everything off by a frame? Then I go through and I just bump everything by a frame and watch it. That like guy, you know, and as a sound guy, like sometimes you get too inside your head with that stuff and you obsess obsessed over it. Right. And it yeah. bugs the hell out of me when I'm at someone's house and they have like a stereo system set up and the audio is off by like a few frames. And if you want to see oh, an yeah, example it's, it's of
2: this, um, watch a movie called The Bates Haunting um, because Byron <laughs> fucked everything up. No, the audio I
0: thought synch. The Sync was pretty good on this, Bates Haunting. Yeah, I, mean, I was expecting on. it to actually not be good, and then I watched it and I was like, "Oh yeah, Byron you did actually a pretty good L- job." A little rough
2: in the beginning, I'm just saying.
0: The sink. Yeah. In case you guys don't know, the the things that Byron is plugging is his new show. When we, when can we see that?
1: Saturday at yeah, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern on HBO. He also
0: has a movie project. that he directed. That you guys anything. should check out. I watched it. Um, I think I saw it first on Amazon.
2: Yeah, it was like on It was Prime. on the
0: Amazon Prime deck for a couple Still weeks. There. And then they made me pay for it the next time I tried to watch it, so oh, I real? didn't
2: watch oh, it that's not so, good. Oh. I mean, it is good because it blocks people from seeing your movie.
1: It's probably for their own good. What's it called? The Bates Haunting. The Bates Haunting is the
0: new name of it. That wasn't the original. The, the original
1: but. title was called uh, Welcome to the Bates Motel. That, that was out, yeah? really too similar filmed to... filmed at a horror uh, uh, haunted hayride called The Bates Motel and Haunted Hayride in Pennsylvania. Uh, no connection to the no connection to the movie or anything. Uh, or... Just their family name is Bates, and they've been doing it for a long time, oh, and gotcha. they've been doing it for like over 25 years, and it's one of the best haunted attractions I've ever right. been to or seen. That's t- this so, is twice you've gotten a plug on this yeah. show. So, so I'm, I'm but keeping basically, track when the TV show came out, <laughs> we like, we gotta maybe um, change the name a little bit, and right. people still got mad because um, it has nothing to do with Psycho. But it has something to do with... Look, man, you get your heat wherever you can get it. Dude, yeah. you got people getting works. killed
2: by a fucking combine harvester. That was awesome. That was pretty cool. That's worth seeing the movie right there. That is yeah. good. Um, all right, so
0: let me talk about... Oh, so the, the, yeah. the big news in that scene was that Taya was hot. I mean, yeah. that yes. Johnny Mundo that has a
1: match next week. The big takeaway. Cage in
0: a cage. Cage yeah. in
1: a... The- is that on the show? What? That, that hasn't come across on the show yet, has it? We haven't started Cage doing in a cage? No, the...
0: the. Uh, yeah. First time was the last time he appeared. He oh, got okay. a little bit of it.
2: Yeah, he had this uh, this last episode he got it.
0: Johnny Mundo, though, is... And I don't is... care about being a little inside because it's not a spoiler. It's yeah, just and you know inside, what else is not Byron. a spoiler? You gotta do learn not, the difference.
2: Do not miss that fucking cage match. I'm telling you this right now. You need to see that shit.
0: That's not even a spoiler. That's just a flat out ringing endorsement. And I was not there so I am I am waiting oh, to see it. Oh yeah.
2: I cannot
1: Were imagine there? what happens.
0: No, I wasn't.
1: Oh, oh, oh. That was one of the that was like one of the times so guys was, like we said, I was Casey there. is
0: like part of the show. He's there so much and like Byron and I travel all over the country for work so a lot of times we can't be there, but Yeah. Casey sees it all and he's just like, "Oh, you got Oh," and the me and Byron like, "What? What? 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 What?" You, and you'll then find we have out. to wait like <laughs> months. Months well you'll to
1: see, find out every once in a while you'll see DJ or someone tweet like on Friday a picture of ladders or something or like drop some sort of hint that or a picture of Iron Man yeah and yeah. Just, just so like all the people who are coming on uh, for the weekend for the tapings just they get like it makes them more hungry like they get an idea of like oh something's gonna go down
0: well van Wagner's you know? tweeted before this episode too like you guys need to see this one this one's incredible and I oh. haven't seen I haven't seen him do that. Yeah. yeah, to my knowledge, and like, he
2: fucking meant it.
0: And he meant it, and he was, and and even people were like, "Oh yeah, I was at the taping, so I know how dope it's going." He's like, "Oh no, it's going to be doper than that." <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I mean, he just put it out there this week, like I'm laying out the gauntlet. This and one he said is it is the shit, shit that
2: you guys have not seen yet. Yeah, and we'll yeah. get to
0: that because I was surprised, and actually, we're there right now. Taya in that hat.
1: Yeah, that's and not <laughs> what he was talking about. <laughs> and Johnny Mundo also, he's still just he's. Still, just getting it done in all these vignettes. Like, he's if I have to take Cage to Slamtown
2: one more time, I'll do it. Can I say yeah. that I, I had a pretty different definition of taking someone to Slamtown than Johnny Mundo?
1: Well, what would that definition be?
2: Bend over and I'll show you, Byron.
1: Uh... Oh, you fell
2: right into that. You really did. He did. What well, I didn't think you liked me that much. I almost did too. I'm sitting a little too close. I almost fell right. Besides, into it. if uh, he
1: tries anything machiney, you'll be there for me. That's a, like that's <laughs> so amazing. You know, like the 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 well, that second just, that got put down on paper, someone's doubled over hyperventilating from laughing.
0: It was amazing. So the, the one other thing we, we do have to talk about in this particular segment is how Johnny
1: is not just a man. Johnny is the man. Yeah, that's great, and he's 100 <laughs> percent true, and he's more the man than anyone else than who's any trying to rip guy that off from him. You might know.
2: Yeah, off. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking it's, about. I don't watch stupid shit.
1: I think it's better to be the man than the guy. I don't yeah, know, let's ask Ric Flair. You know, I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah, you probably know mm-hmm. a guy. I know a, a couple
0: tree guys. Yeah, I but
1: guy. I want to be. The man, right. woo woo. <laughs> it's I think I think it's great since WWE just stole Aztec warfare. Like they they just completely just bit the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and and uh, and, and Stryker thrown out Eater of Worlds a couple times too. I thought was hilarious. Oh,
1: it's it's Matanza. Matanza is the Eater of He's Worlds. He's the real Eater of Worlds. And how you gonna? You, I'm not arguing anything related to Matanza.
2: <laughs> no. Now, no, Matanza can do what Matanza wants. Yeah,
0: I'll throw in my WWE comment for the week right now. Oh my God! If you ever come to the temple and there's a crowd as dead as that London crowd was, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I will chop the shit out of everyone in the crowd myself. I guarantee you, Vampiro will get up and shake the crap out of you. Yeah, if you like, He'll dude. Va- if a match slows down a little bit, Vampiro, like if you haven't been in the temple, you don't see this on TV. Vampiro will get up. He will start raising his hands and they're like, Get the fuck out of here. He sounds like the dad on Christmas story. He gets yeah. so angry if yeah. the crowd gets dead, especially yeah. if the workers are in there putting in work. Like you do not come in the temple and disrespect work. Like that London that London crowd was asleep. And you know they what? knew the chance. They knew the gimmicks. They knew where and to it pop. Was a good they show. usually are. It was a, a great decent crowd. show
1: too. Yeah. You see, like all the stuff that you complain about or we complain about, you had you had these dream matchups. You have Kevin Owens and and you know Jericho working with all these new guys, you know. Yeah, and, but who and was the who was like, the biggest but, star on the whole night? Uh,
2: Shane McMahon.
0: And keep in mind, this is a yeah. market that they get to a couple times a year. It's not necessarily a market that's on top of the product all the time. So did the market so recognize these people? Uh, yeah,
1: after WrestleMania, but it should be, shouldn't it? London is so like overseas is so hot for TNA. Yeah, yeah. So why wouldn't they be? Because they're
0: expecting WWE superstars. Superstars. Yeah. And here's the problem. A lot of those kids over there right now are great workers and they're stars. But WWE is failing to make them into superstars. Roman Reigns is not a superstar and it's because of their booking. Well, I'm not talking about him. He's whatever. I just mean any like, of you, like,
1: them. Like Ko. Ko is not a superstar because of their booking. Yeah, but like we always wanted Kevin Owens, and you got AJ Styles, you got Ambrose. We got the fucking got... hoots, sir. <laughs> Come <laughs> like, on. You have all these guys, and they're featured. Like, enjoy it. Just in, like that's what we wanted.
0: Well, and well you're there. mad. At, you're mad at the crowd, but I'm saying that yeah. the, the crowd goes over. Like, look, we pop in Lucha Underground because. A, we do know that they're good workers, but if a good worker comes out and works a slow match or isn't exciting, we'll give it to them. They yeah. won't, they, they're they not going to get it for
2: free. Yeah, and but, plus, if we're quiet, Vampiro, I've straight up seen him give somebody the nail in the coffin
1: for sitting on their hands. Yeah, the, it's in the release that you signed. But, yeah.
0: but at the same time, Vampiro, you know, if the work is slow in the ring, he'll look at those guys too, and he'll he'll get them fired up. If they work the outside and come by his desk, he'll be like, Take it up a notch. And it's not yeah. that Vampiro is in charge of everything there. Don't get it twisted, guys. It's just that he is the heart of that room. Yeah. And when that heart starts beating a little slow, he gets mad. And he wants to get it amped up, whether it's yeah. in the ring or in the crowd. Like, it is, it is his responsibility is the heart and soul of that
1: place. You visually. will never
2: realize that just watching the show. Never. Yeah. But, never. I mean. There's, like,
1: a, there's a reason when he went up against Pentagon in season one. Where Pentagon cheering. was the biggest, up, biggest up-and-coming star yeah. in the world that year and vampiro was making him heal and getting bigger cheers
2: yeah absolutely i i heard that the pentagon section really brought it though
1: the pentagon section really brought it they if anything put a little bit of fear in him but i don't think he he showed it because he is a true warrior he
2: actually did say you guys it's like six of you you're not scary he yeah did he say wasn't that on scared screen. at all <laughs> i don't I, I, and i believe that so Anyway, yeah, the
0: coming out of that segment, uh, I liked Johnny's the man thing. I yeah. just, for again, <laughs> once again, for what was a 20 second vignette, somehow we could talk about it for five minutes because just that little vignette with Johnny working out and Taya coming in being just hot as all get out in that hat. Yeah. You get this kind of conversation because... Everyone was for like on Twitter through that whole commercial break. Everyone's just popping about next week now. Yeah. yeah. And we still got cage. monster versus Dude. monster coming. Dude. Everyone was popping cage, cage in a
2: cage, cage in a cage. Do you guys, does your cable like DVR tell you what's happening next week?
0: Uh, sometimes. Yeah. It, but I it, usually watch yeah. on sling first, so I'm not even paying attention to what yeah, it said. Says.
2: Cage in a cage plus Pentagon deals with his injuries.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh. Because P-
0: Pentagon's
2: been mashed up since Matanza put him through the announce table. The first time the table's ever broken if you guys are keeping track.
1: Yeah, Pentagon would break a table if he wanted to. Actually,
2: yeah. Matanza could put uh. Masquerita through a table if he wanted, well, probably.
1: <laughs> so we haven't even gotten to the second match. We got to
0: talk All about right. this one. Phoenix, Jack, Darewolf. Jack. Versus Tresse. Sinestro del Muerte mm-hmm. and black Barrio Negro, <laughs> Black Neighborhood,
2: the Black Neighborhood. He's like, hey, guys, what's scary? Uh, black Neighborhoods are kind of scary. That makes you a total rudo. <laughs> how do you
1: how do you feel about that, Justin? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's just say, I'm 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 the other kind of brown that comes to the temple, <laughs> and. I'm not offended at all. I think it's hilarious. I, no, love, like, I love that name, Black Neighborhood. I mean...
2: I wonder if it means, like, you know, like, some kind of, like, you know, something from the other side or something. I tried Googling Mario it. Meg- like, yeah, If it's, Dark, like, a metaphor. Like a, like a cemetery, like another name for a Yeah, the like cemetery. one of those
0: Japanese names where it's, like, floating upstream, but it actually means something yeah, really yeah. poignant.
2: No, I think he's just got low property value. <laughs>
1: oh. oh. I'm he kidding. don't take your. you don't Well, he, he gets gentrified
2: a little bit later. Let's yeah. put it that way. Jesus, spoilers. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. We're not there in a poc- Well, we, we are there. there. I mean, a look, everyone's yet. probably
0: seen the show already, but at the same time, yeah. the match I, I, there's not a ton of what I want to say about the match. It was great work. It was another classic trios match. I think all of these trios tournament matches have raised the bar. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the three trios matches we've seen this year so far, have all been better even than the latter trio's title match last year where East was on the broken leg. Yeah, yeah. Well, those, those are all gimmick Sorry.
1: matches. Those are all gimmick matches with, with the broken leg. And they did a great job. And the story behind the, those matches... Yeah, the story drove those were, completely. Yeah, those are, those but are better. But the work yeah. in every single one of these
0: so yeah. far in this season has been astronomical. For like, teams
2: that never team with each other. Yeah, I don't right. know if they yeah. were
0: if they were all working all week long to perfect this stuff, because these are people who go out on the indies and they wrestle other people all the time. They're not necessarily wrestling with each other mm-hmm. all that much. They come together in the temple for a couple tapings uh, a month on the weekends. But these guys look like they were touring this stuff around house shows for two or three weeks solid. I mean, these, mm-hmm. th- these sequences were dialed.
1: This week. Jack Evans is just that good. Jack Evans can, you can put him in a cardboard box and he'd make it worth watching. It was, I'm stretching. I got to
0: warm up. I don't want to hurt myself, Uh, guys. And he's so
1: freaking loud. There's
0: no microphone anywhere near Jack. He is louder
2: than me, which is saying something because not a lot of people in the temple are heard. I've heard deafening chants in the temple and Jack still
0: gets up over them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How Mm -hmm. loud is this guy? I mean, he's not that big. He's like what five ten? He's got big lungs, <laughs> apparently. He projects from the diaphragm. He does have big lungs. Um, but he did get jacked right in his Evans this week. Oh, he oh. sure did. So oh. maybe his maybe his frequency or pitch is going to be just a little higher
2: next week. <laughs> he'll be he'll be a soprano. But PJ saved them a little bit. Yeah, uh-uh. I
1: love that. I love that springboard spot when he when he uh, jumped up and then and then landed on the apron and had PJ come in and kick the guy. Dude, my favorite was the hook kick
2: with the crane pose. Oh yeah, that, that was pretty good. I love. Also, how
1: he's throwing that better version of the thunder or trouble in Par- trouble in paradise. Like he,
2: uh, he did it first anyway. Oh, he
1: did. Yeah, yeah, he did it like a decade ago. But Kofi doesn't even throw it anymore because I think right. he actually hurts people. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking a little stuff there, Kofi. Yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> it was a great match, and honestly, I have to say I'm thoroughly surprised by how entertaining the work with Phoenix pj and jack was together Mm -hmm. like i just did not imagine that it was going to really have that kind of flow but like story-wise in the ring great storytelling Mm -hmm. uh and the disciples were great too i mean you can't have you know one team look that good without the other team knowing how to take the bumps and and what to do
2: yeah because i see a lot of hate for the disciples (laughs) online and i just want to say fuck you guys
0: that's not cool
2: yeah they're awesome dude you know
0: i'm really really starting to like the disciples as a team Oh, oh wow. wait! <laughs> Fuck! Oh. Wait, because the disciples did not go over, and Katrina wasn't very happy about
1: it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If well, looks, if looks could kill. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a results-based industry, and so. Well,
0: they failed so, too many times, and and for people who get your disciples mixed up. Um, Let's just say that it'll be a whole lot easier now because Sinestro is the only one you have to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Um, Katrina comes into the locker room, gives that look, and holy Mortal Kombat. Freaking Sinestro is just like, she looks pretty pissed, y'all, and I kind of want to be here, so uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going
2: to borrow your heart. Yeah, they're black, slimy hearts. Sinestro just
0: reaches like, I I tweeted this out, like, if your favorite wrestling show this week didn't have a double heart rip homicide in it, you're watching the wrong show. Exactly. Because <laughs> mine did. Mine that makes, had yeah. a double homicide in the locker room where two hearts were ripped yeah. out.
2: That yeah. makes Sinestro, Kano, Skeletor, and the Highlander because he got all those lightning powers and shit from it. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. the fucking quickening right there. Yeah, yeah. He's all those three rolled up into one skeleton. There can be only one.
1: It's also, it also furthers the, the uh, principle of how much these matches matter in the temple. Like, you need to win to get ahead. You need <laughs> oh, to you win to not have, have your heart, heart ripped, ripped out of your chest. Yeah. Hey,
2: Dario killed a guy for losing the trios titles, too. Yeah. Well, Matanza did. That trios tournament, it, they don't
0: mess around. Well, I, the, the sad thing is for the, the Barrio Negro and Tresse, who are no more, is that I don't even think they were on the radar enough to get up on Captain Hotness's wall. I don't oh, even think yeah. anyone's going to be looking for these poor guys. Well, they Aww. had those those
2: black hearts. They're already deceased as far as uh, well, that's the police know. And,
0: and they're probably something that Katrina just resurrected from the grave somewhere anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I will say this. So here's the interesting part about it. And here's where I love talking about Lucha Underground. Because this is more like we're on Talking Dead or something. <laughs> this is more like yeah. an after show because... Now I can speculate as to what Sinestro is becoming. You saw him kind of morph and, and power up there. Yeah. And like, has he now absorbed the powers of the other disciples? Yes, is he now I the lead disciple? So. Does he get a push now from this? Like, this Ooh, is to me interesting yeah. because all of a sudden, all right, you've killed your two teammates, sucked their hearts out of their chests, you've powered up, yeah. you've got this cool new thing going on, and Katrina. Doesn't
2: slap you in the face, doesn't kill you, so apparently you've still got something more to offer. And hey, the last time that they tried to step to Mill, he was the only one that did it, so he is showing yeah. that he's above the other two little bitch disciples.
1: He has he has that kind of attitude that you appreciate when someone's working for you, that sort of can-do, um, take-charge sort of attitude, very proactive Mm -hmm. um makes good monster noises he he looks (laughs) you know you want you want to work with people you want guys working for you that don't wait to be told what to do i always expected the the disciples to kind of sound like the putties in the original power (laughs) rangers
2: (laughs) is that wrong that is their showing my twitter is the uh, is the putty patrol actually so yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well so coming out of that match
0: um we have one more funny bit in the back with dario and the best thing about this bit, I love I love the unlikely trio or whatever they're actually called. But, Dario is sitting there. If you watch this very closely, he's playing the itsy bitsy spider as they're talking when yeah. they come in. Dario could give a crap what any of these three individuals have to say. Well, he's, he's just,
2: usually just drinking his he's ass like, off. Yeah, but he's like tired of drinking. He doesn't want to hear
0: anything they have to say. He's literally sitting there playing the itsy bitsy spider with his fingers. And I just cracked up laughing because I thought it was the best <laughs> little subtle touch you could have possibly thrown into that scene of Dario's level of disinterest for whatever these three guys were. Were gonna say to
2: him and hey they're in the tournament now so they're gonna have to defend yeah and that was like
0: once again yeah. it's not even a swerve with dario like dario is just like straight to your face it's yeah, just like, is like a little trick after yeah. the fact dario's like i don't need a trick after the fact how about this you have titles we don't play fair here you're screwed you now have to defend them against three other teams
1: yeah <laughs> yep it's it's great. It's really great. But ultimately, and then he, dick at him. he he's a man of uh, violence. Yes. And competition. And, and uh,
2: class and grandeur, which the the heels call him a man of class and grandeur.
1: He is. Yes. Yeah, but I don't want to steal their gimmick. True heel. I guess. I mean, you can you can steal the heels gimmick if I, you want. I Shout out to the heels. Yeah, I, I properly attributed my quote. And uh, well, I'm just saying that Dario is consistent. You have to kick some ass to succeed in the temple. And that's pretty much what it all boils down to.
2: Yeah, it's like you know he's gonna just screw you over at any time, but he might give you a unique opportunity. Well, like it, he did at the Well, it end is of unique because it's
0: it's not like there's a team that's near and dear to his heart in this thing. I mean, who are the who are the teams that we have left? We've got the the dream team with Puma Azteca and Ray. Yeah, they yeah. won their match. And then we've got the the new Jack Evans, Darewolf, uh, Phoenix. Phoenix team. Is is Joey Ryan in it? Joey Ryan... And uh, the crew? And the crew. crew. Yeah. Beat the, the Moths and Sexy Star, right? Yeah. Or Moths and Mac. Yeah. With Sexy Star at ringside. Yeah. Right. So those are the, the three that you got there. It's not like... I mean, I guess the he got crew the is, is that his... Is that Dario's favorite?
2: <laughs>
0: maybe. I mean, he, he didn't... Not at this point, I mean... They, he kept those two alive. <laughs> uh. I mean, maybe he, they're his favorite because he thinks they live in fear of him or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he has a favorite.
1: Maybe you know, Joey Ryan's think, his favorite. I think he wants to just see. Well, to a bunch see, of and this brings me to other.
0: another point. And 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 DJ and the guys, feel free to steal this suggestion just because I'd love to see it. I have always thought that, you know, since the very beginning of Lucha Underground, when they, you know, brought in like cases of money and whatever, that someone should have a gimmick of being a bookie. Or there should be, you know, because underground fighting really exists for people to gamble on and make mm-hmm. money. I mean, that's where a lot of underground fighting stuff goes and that's kind of the premise behind the temple. I feel like there should be a character that's kind of, you know, a mobbed up bookie guy. Maybe oh. Vinny could be that character. Yeah, I was just going to say Ooh. Vinny would be pretty fucking awesome. I don't know. Awesome. So DJ yeah, feel bring... free to steal this idea. And then again, who knows because they've also taped a season and a half worth of vignettes already. Maybe yeah. there already is one coming. So yeah, who knows? And,
1: and instead of like Pentagon break at arms, Vinny could just be breaking thumbs. Collecting like money, breaking thumbs. <laughs> Sorry, dead silence for
2: like, like Ryan. you know. <laughs> uh, he gets
0: Maybe
1: I don't know if he has to break anything. Like, look, like people don't pay him, and he's like, I, hey, gotta, break I gotta break your, thumbs. I gotta break your thumbs. <laughs> Racism Sorry Jesus Sorry, Christ man. I made I made an Italian I mean, See I didn't, I didn't say Vinny because mad. it had I to apologize. be an
2: Italian
0: thing I said Vinny because he's a tough Bruiser guy that to my knowledge They're not using yet in full capacity But he could be there more
1: no, that would be awesome. But it's plus also plus we like, get to hang out with Vinny, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. yeah,
0: And and shout out to Vinny.
1: Shout out to Vinny. Yeah. He
0: he was my ticket for Ultima Lucha last year because I didn't ask for a ticket early enough. So I I owe Vinny one. But that's not why I'm coming but up with a gimmick that him, he we would just be. wrote him a,
1: a starring gimmick on a hit TV
0: show. Yeah. Well, that if if it gets used. But honestly, I've I've honestly thought that for a long time because you got the money thing. Like even if I saw Davari again. Like if if he's gonna be the trust fund baby,
2: <laughs> uh, the piss drinker, have
0: him yeah. have him show up and be betting on
2: a fight. That would be a great use of Davari sipping on his cup of pee. Like yeah, he can go
0: sip pee while Dario drinks real booze. You <laughs> know, seriously, like. I just think it'd be a great concept because I think it's something from the underground fighting world. And they touched on a little bit in the between season segments or whatever, where Dario goes off and comes back and he's off somewhere Mm -hmm. else in some underground thing. And those guys who get in the car, it's like you want to go to underground fights because you want to bet on some crazy underground stuff that you can't. Yeah. see on tv so i just thought it would be a cool gimmick we can yeah, move yeah. on but that's one of the things i love about lucha underground i look at it like a regular tv show where i'm like "Ooh, i want to see this character do this or "Ooh, this storyline makes me want to see this kind of thing you know i just it's i, yeah, just I keep trying to addition. like
2: i keep making bets with dj and chris roach about the winners of the matches and i keep losing it, it
0: <laughs> sucks. i wonder why that's weird um so we got to get to uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Oh, yeah, my oh
1: yes. Uh, uh, my TV almost fell off the wall during this dude, match. Dude, this is what wrestling is supposed to be? What, watching
0: the Richter scale while the match is on? That's yes, what wrestling is yeah. supposed two to be f- to make sure your house doesn't fall apart? You oh, live in Southern up. California, man. That shit's not cool. They shouldn't be wrestling those two guys
2: against each other. Dude, two fucking monster, scary, fucked up dudes just beating the shit out of each other. That That is what wrestling is. Yeah. And no, no, but I, but
0: here's the thing. Here's the thing why Lucha Underground is different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've seen monster versus monster matches. Yeah. They'll lead them up to some big pay per view and other places, and you'll be like, ooh, I get to see these two. And you want to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. sure. Monster is... versus monster, <laughs> yeah. most times, is like, ooh, great lead up. Never want to see the actual match. <laughs> Never want to see that last match where the two monsters face off because it's going to disappoint you Mm -hmm. you can only hope it's on a low buy pay-per-view so then they could just pop a big number after the fact first of all lucha doesn't do pay-per-views so they can't do that so Mm -hmm. monster versus monster if it's the headlining match it has to live up to something
1: right
2: how do you
0: guys think they did matanza versus mil
2: Muertes. see i'm a little biased because i was there and it was pretty fucking exciting when you're fearing for your life the whole time and plus, I said, Mill used the cooler, and he started using the cooler.
0: <laughs> oh Hire
2: me as your manager, Katrina. She's not doing things for Yeah, you.
0: Matanza, you hear that? If you're somewhere taking Tylenol because
2: your head hurts, Casey's the one that told him to use the cooler on your dome. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: you know, honestly, after he continued the match, after that leg injury, I don't want to fuck with Matanza
1: at all, man. Oh, yeah, Stryker called out that it looked like he broke his leg falling out the ring. And, dude, did you? yeah. Uh, live we were concerned we thought
2: everything was well and and,
0: uh, see it played out pretty fast on tv and i remember having heard about that right after it happened but was it edited down? Was I mean? Was there a <laughs> no. break?
2: I mean, he just kept rolling. He just kept rolling. Dude has fucking mystical recuperating powers on TV and in real life because he continued the match. There wasn't a whole lot of downtime. Like doctors didn't come check on him. He just well, he is a going. very
0: athletic guy. He is. Yeah, he yeah. is a Mister Athletic kind of guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look for?
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's I almost
2: know. almost like he was the one who was chosen for that role. Because he was so athletic, but very uh, athletic, yeah. But, but if, and, if, why are you guys saying athletic so much? I don't, I don't know. know why. Just why, saying, why did I just say chosen one? Chosen one, you know, athletic. <laughs> um, <laughs> no,
0: but seriously, I do think that is one of the things about uh, Lucha Underground that's awesome is when you have something like that, you have a storyline that you want to do. They can just bring in the person that is perfect for it. Yeah, and 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 I don't think it it hurts to to break kayfabe with this, and, and I'm not necessarily gonna completely go there but i'm just saying bringing people into certain parts and certain roles like if if dj and eric and those guys come up with an idea that they think is going to sell like you know obviously they had the idea for dario's brother being a monster for a long time it's a storyline that they played out very slowly to this point now where you can take the two biggest monsters Guys who have actually very similar storylines in the Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. They both have talismans that control them. They're both giant monsters. They both squashed half the field out there. Mm -hmm. And now you get this payoff. Like, how can you do two storylines that are right there, not feel like it's repetitive at all, and then they just mash each
2: other in this match? They set it up that both guys have no fucking competition except each other. Yeah. Right. And I mean, even
0: Pentagon at this point was taken out of the picture, which everyone thought would
2: be, you know, by more, both guys in right. this match.
1: Yeah, and uh, the the conclusion of the match where it was basically just a no contest. Oh, I mean, ooh, wait,
2: wait, 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 because I have. Yeah, to point you were there. Out. I'm just trying, like, working yeah. up to this spot. Oh. Did you have any feeling that there was going to even be a high spot between these two no. giant men until they started fighting up the stairs? And then I'm like, "Fucked up shit's going to happen," but before yeah. that. I want to point out. Speaking of filling roles, Hefe, fucking Dario Cueto, Luis Fernandez Gil, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, not a wrestler. Not, not a, a wrestler.
0: wrestler. Oh, the concrete. Yeah. I was. I, and okay, so I watched this last night, and and we had talked a couple weeks ago, and, and actually I think I said it last week. I was like, "Has Dario ever bumped?"
2: Right.
0: And uh, yeah. and Byron yeah. pointed out something where he bumped a little bit or whatever. But I'm like. Holy crap! That was a bare concrete bump, wasn't it? Was there a mat there? He
2: basically took a tree slam onto the cold hard floor of the arena, and I won't, I won't say if there was a mat there or not. It was the cold hard floor of the arena.
0: It's, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's not a professional wrestler. He didn't tuck all that much, and I remember just watching it on TV last night. Like, damn. Yeah, because I think the only other time we've
2: seen him bump is when Mundo punched him, right? And that's
0: what I think that's the one that Byron brought up. Yeah. Um, well, hey, kudos to him. And then I was uh, afraid for for Katrina's life too, because oh. you really don't want to be ah. smacking Matanza around ever. I guess it's okay if you got Mill there to protect you, but Mill was lying out on the other side of the ring, and I'm like, please, yeah. please yeah. don't kill off Katrina. Like, this is how this show gets me. I'm like, oh my god, D- don't kill off Katrina because I will never want to watch again. But I'll have to watch, and yeah. I was just like distraught.
2: It's funny because when he was when he brought Matanza up to the top, he he acted like he was going to throw him off of the top directly onto me, so I moved the fuck out of my seat. Yeah, that's
1: uh, there's like two rules to going to uh Lucha Underground taping. Rule number one is you cheer for Pentagon. A Rule number number two is if a wrestler looks at you, you move out of your seat. You just get out Which, of the way. Which
0: um, I will just say on several occasions, I have seen people not do that. If you're sitting on floor seats, doesn't matter if it's the wooden chairs on the, the hard camera side or the bleachers on the other side. Like, dude, a spot is probably going to get worked in your area. Yeah. And as informed a crowd as the temple is... People learn either you're (laughs) gonna bump as part of the spot or move. And hey,
2: you know what? I don't mind bumping as part of the spot. No, like I'm not gonna ruin anyone's fucking moves. If you see me, Casey and
0: Byron there, any any anyone who any of the workers in Lucha and you want to throw somebody on us, we'll catch them.
2: We will try, yeah.
0: You know, and I've been to shows and I've caught people before. I've caught people off dive. I caught Jerry Lynn off of a a dive where he missed a Rob Van Dam spot once. Like, look, I'll catch you. I'll do my best, man. I'll play my part. I'll bump for you, whatever. But
2: Blade a little bit,
0: you know. But at the same time, (laughs) dude, if you're not gonna do that, move, move. Now I do get Get the sides out of
2: the way. The sides, it's hard to get out of the way. Yeah, no, the sides. I've seen my boy Alex get Phoenix thrown at him pretty hard. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to the Bala Club. Um, That wasn't Alex's fault. Shit just kind of happened. It wasn't really anyone's fault. It just, you know. It's so what release forms are for. But yeah. yes, look,
0: if if Matanza especially, who has been known to hurt people in the audience, not the crowd members, but hurt other wrestlers by coming mm-hmm. into the audience and destroying them physically on the floor. Yeah. Just... Get out of the way. Mill
2: parts the water like Moses anyway.
0: Mill will push you, but Matanza just just points and yells.
1: Yeah! Yeah. "Ah!"
0: So, like, look, Matanza's coming your direction, and if you're not
2: prepared for some violence to be performed on you or around you, then just move. As someone who's had Matanza choke the life out of someone in my very seat, (laughs) I agree with what you're saying.
0: So the final spot, like... They're working it And on the third time watching it The third time It took me oh. the third time mm. To see that You know There was kind of a gag there Or whatever And they were playing around it But I'm here to tell you On the first viewing I had no clue And I'm talking about I've had friends who are at this show Nobody told me this was coming I wasn't mm. at this taping Yeah I'm watching this thing at home Like What happened? What happened? Like, I was not expecting that spot at the end and down into the office where I think
1: they got teleported to Monster Island. I don't know what <laughs> All, all that booze that Dario had, I hope it didn't get spilt. I think oh. it's kind of up on the wall. where the Hey, hey was you never be.
2: know where those dudes landed. You know, on the bull, uh, he could have landed on the bull. Got it like right, the horns right up the anus. Mm. you know, so you never know.
0: <laughs> so kudos on what was a phenomenal episode. Could not even believe what I saw. The ending put it way over the top. I was not expecting okay. it. It's the oh. perfect way to end a yeah. monster mash because uh. these are two guys where you can't really have one of them go over the other one. Not yeah. yet. I mean, and So it means we're gonna
1: see it again, which is fucking awesome. It made sense; these guys are gonna beat each other until they can't go anymore.
0: Well, and so where does it go from here? And I know you probably know because you've been there, and you can't really say. I'm but I'm not I, saying I, shit. I have no clue where you take this storyline from here. I mean, I yeah. just like as a TV show. Good places. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I want to see Pentagon get back in the mix. I want to see like maybe Puma if the the trios thing doesn't work out back in this title picture, but. Like, at that point, when they go through the roof, I don't even know if I cared about the title anymore. I'm just like, holy crap. Do we even did...
2: have a fucking champion? He went through the roof. We don't know what happened I mean, it's we a DQ, so the belt
0: them. stays, I'm guessing, right? It's mm. just The match well, just wonder... ended.
1: Yeah. yeah, it just ended. So the belt no doesn't contest. change hands. No contest. no contest. Matanza's still your champ. And... But it's, it's, it's two guys who are more built for destruction than winning. You know, so, I think it makes sense that they they just destroyed the whole match. Well, so how do you get the belt off of Matanza? Is Aztec Warfare like the only way where you have
0: 20 guys beat him up or something? I, I think mean, you ask
1: Dario very nicely and offer him a lot of money to if, just take it off his brother. I think you get like a vat yeah. of
2: acid and put it at ringside. Well, here's like the one thing I, I'll say
0: about it. And we talked about this when you weren't here, but I, I thought that the key to beating Matanza is very literally the key. And I also said at that point in time that I thought the great long-term picture of the angle would be to bring Vampiro into it where Vampiro gets the key and somehow he's using that to try to get some kind of reaction out of Pentagon.
2: Or he stabs it in his fucking eye socket. And I that's popped, how you beat Matanzo. I
0: popped really hard though because right at the beginning of the match, Vampiro starts talking about the key and he's asking about, oh, what does that key mean? What does that key do? So I was just like, oh, holy yeah. crap. Maybe they actually go that direction. Dude, like, you know what I I was so I do? stoked. And it's just one of those little
2: teasers that maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't. You guys see Friday the 13th, uh, part four of the final chapter? That's how you get rid of Matanza. You have Corey Feldman come in and get the key and stick it in his head. And then he falls on it. And then he hacks him to pieces with it.
1: Okay, I'd like to see I'd the first part where Pinsale. Corey Feldman gets in, gets into the temple, and then and he can see, sit by me, and then see what happens to him after that.
2: Can be any worse than his actual career now. No, oh, okay. you yeah. hear
1: about um, uh, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion David Arquette trying to pitch uh, a character to be like a drunk manager in the temple?
2: Yeah, Wait, less less did, said about did that. Did you better. actually
1: preface his
0: name with? His appropriate title of former WCW World
1: Heavyweight yeah, champ. Yeah, he's, he's not the champ anymore. He's an ex-champ. Right. Lost
2: okay. it to double J.
0: <laughs> but speaking of celebrity gimmicks. Um, Holy shit. The show was oh. not over. If anyone turned it off, and I know a lot of people probably just ran out of the room screaming to see if the foundational structure of their homes was still intact after mm-hmm. that last spot.
2: Ducking and covering.
0: And there shit. is another segment with uh, my favorite, Captain Hotness. Shout out. Shout out to Captain Hotness. Captain Hotness. Uh, Why do you
2: guys keep shouting out Captain Hotness? What's up? Because it, it
0: was just funny. Like I couldn't, I couldn't remember her character's name. It's Captain Velasquez, right? Uh, Vasquez. 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 And, like the uh, Canyon. I couldn't I couldn't remember her character's name, so I just started calling her Captain Hotness. Mm-hmm. And a couple people caught on to it on Twitter and made fun of me. To her. To her on Twitter, huh. but uh, she actually liked it. So now I just always call her Captain well, Hotness. Well,
1: it it works. I don't see what the joke is. No, it's
0: great. It's perfect. Yeah. So uh Captain Hotness is in her office. We see the wall of the the missing and gone, which is hilarious. That these people have been basically put oh. out of Lucha Underground, and now they have to be immortalized yeah. on the missing wall this on the milk
1: carton wall. Such an epic, epic post show vignette, and the oh, it was so great to see uh, ADR on there. So great. Uh, yeah. Where'd he go? Not many people care. Yeah.
2: Nope. I heard he cried himself to death.
1: Oh. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Johnny Mundo, for taking him to Slamtown.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mundo. I tried to start that it's chant at the first show after crowd. that, and you didn't. You well, because Johnny, Johnny might, Janet in fact, be
0: a nicer person than us.
2: <laughs> he definitely made Lucha Underground a better place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but so Captain Hotness is there doing her normal thing, uh, adding more faces to the wall of missing and deceased, and. Uh, in comes Councilman Delgado. Just another. Av- no, wait.
1: It's fucking Lorenzo Lamas. Renegade son. What? Uh, what? This is where. This is where you see. What? That, this is a show made by Robert Rodriguez.
0: Which is what? Dude. Like, did he? How does this work? Does Robert Rodriguez call up Lorenzo Lamas and say, "Hey, dude, um, I got this little wrestling show thing on my network. Um, you want to come by and you know." Play a part?
2: Yeah. How did... This is amazing. All I know is like everyone on Twitter was like, that motherfucker looks like Lorenzo Lamas. And then... <laughs> like, no! Eric, that is Lorenzo yeah, Lamas. Yeah, Eric Van Wagner tweets, that's fucking Lorenzo Lamas. I thought they should have done a Chiron saying Lorenzo Lamas under his like, name. Like, under this beard.
0: Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's like a dad raising his young kid at home right now or yeah. something. So he's not like... He's not looking like renegade these days. He, he's, he's got not a riding he's, motorcycles, yeah. hanging out
2: with uh, Six Killer and shit. Still a handsome man. I'm not
0: afraid to say it. You know, not no. my type. But look, that's freaking Lorenzo Llamas. And and here's the thing I love about this. Okay, so in WWE, you got Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he does a thing. You know, you bring in other celebrities. They come, they do a thing. Mm-hmm. Get, who does Dr. Phil have to be? Dr. Phil has to be Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. In this world of Lucha Underground. You get an actor to do a cameo, guess what? They can do a part. He's Councilman Delgado in the Lucha Underground Universe. He's not
2: Lorenzo Lamas. He's not and even Renegade, to your dismay. He's an- he's answering to someone else. Right. And, and I'm holding out for line. Stamos. Oh. I'm holding out for John Stamos. Stamos, Stamos please. DJ, Roach, Van Wagnon, please. Whoever
1: you have maybe already filmed and hired for that role. <laughs> Fire Which has them, probably already happened. Burn the footage. Burn the hard drives. That Thanks, Casey, for dropping and kicking cans over. Woo! Uh, burn the time? hard drives. That footage is on. It's energy. Hire cake. John Stamos. Do it again with John Stamos. Yeah, or me. Don't put Casey on the show anymore. I know you go well, for that really but so gritty here's, look. Here's
0: but. A, so here's the thing. And there's another one of these segments that's like 30 seconds long, but yeah, yeah. it raises... 10 million questions councilman delgado comes in basically tells captain hotness to put the kibosh on the investigation into dario and she's like why what's your jurisdiction he says "Boyle heights and then he drops the you know no my employer wants and she's like who the mayor and he's like no not that fool i'm talking about the real boss
1: wants this like sasha banks (laughs) (laughs) the legit boss wants this handled Uh I would like to see Sasha Banks and Lucha on the ground. I would like to see
2: who this boss is because it's going to be someone but, awesome. But
0: is it, is it not just Dario? I mean, it could just be Dario, right? Hey, dude, yeah, then you got I mean, Dario
2: broing around with the fucking Renegade? That's amazing.
0: Oh, but, but it could be somebody bigger. Yeah. It could be like
2: Devari. Well, it's... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> maybe it's Big Rick. No, Big Rick's dead but, if no, you read Big the Rick's, comics. Yeah. Is oh. he on the wall? He was on the he wall was on under the missing, wall. but we saw him die in the comic books. Right, that's Just what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So that's why he should be on the wall. They're yeah. not.
1: They're not going to find him, right?
2: Because no, his skull was used to make the throne.
1: So, <laughs> but it is. It was really cool to see that segment or that vignette, and see uh, a much, much better version of um, uh, that season two show that was so lackluster. Um, you know that show that was on HBO about the detectives. Yeah. True Detective, season two. Oh, yeah. This kind of felt like that sort of vibe, except not boring. But I loved... Uh,
0: oh, yeah. and I, Actually, I kind of had that vibe a little bit, too. Because you
2: get Joey Ryan in there, too.
0: And that, but that was the best part about that show, was that season two conspiracy theory behind it all. It just got a bit convoluted and, and overacted in spots.
1: Yeah, that show is extremely bloated, aside but, from Vince Vaughn. Look, Lorenzo Lomas <laughs>
0: has been one of my favorites ever since season yeah. three of Joe Schmo show. And <laughs> yeah, I called that out. Um, oh, shit. But I, I was just like, I, it excited me so much in the fact that they could do this. And it brings me back to the whole casting thing with mm-hmm. Lucha Underground, which is actually the final Lucha topic. I kind of wanted to hit today. Lucha Underground has this ability in the fact that they're not a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. They're a TV show and they're just trying to put on the best TV show possible. And like an action TV show or a comic book TV show, they're, the the venue that they use for that storytelling is wrestling, but they're still basically just writing a TV show.
2: We saw two people get their fucking hearts ripped out. Ripped out, out
0: like mm-hmm. video game style. Like yeah. they're, they're really doing that. They're like, okay, we can take any kind of fanboy material that we want. We can take superhero type stuff. We can take occult stuff. We can take noir stuff. <laughs> we can take... Pro wrestling stuff. We can take fucking famous B segments. You know, if a famous famous B B. segment's awesome, you know, you could have a Jedi show up in the middle of Lucha Underground, and other than the fact that they'd own Disney a gabillion dollars, I'd buy it. I'd be like, oh, okay, so there's
2: people from outer space in here now, too. Well, an Aerostar, Jesus Christ, he travels through time. He's from the cosmos. He has an Iron Man heart. Yeah, he does, and but he takes it off. Maybe that's why he In any spot. other
0: world, would yeah. not the Aerostar gimmick just feel cheesy somewhere else? Like, the uh, guy has a light-up unitard, and he's from another time.
2: I mean, it works in AAA, but they don't say he's a time traveler there.
1: Well, exactly. Ever. I mean, uh, how, how good uh, Spanish do you speak? Not good. Then, yeah, you then maybe really they are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, know how but, to say but time But regardless,
0: travel. in Lucha Underground, I buy these things. Yeah. And I don't question them. At all. It's like, oh, this is a cool story. This is a cool way to handle it. This and and maybe maybe I should. Maybe five years from now I'll look back on Luch Underground and be like, oh, some of this
2: was stupid. No, no, because you know Will what? I say that WSX did a lot of shit like that, and I still think it's awesome. Like that, you know, they had the team keeping it gangsta and they had a ladder that was blinged out so they would CGI fucking bling on it during the match. It's great. Well, see, yeah. and
0: I love this because <laughs> you know, ECW was totally the other direction, where yeah. they took wrestling and just went so real and gritty when they were just like, oh, okay, all of the functions of the rules of the match don't even matter anymore. Like, we just want to take it to the point where it's so gritty that we're working high spots off the balcony every week, and mm-hmm. people are diving on chairs, and we're just flat out going to do the stuff that people love and show off how athletic and crazy all of our guys are. Which ECW we did, yeah. went so far that direction. And now, <clears throat> and then WWE went so far into the, like, Characters are the important thing and what you really want is the guy to cut a 20-minute promo because he's your favorite guy in the world and that works when they can actually cut a 20-minute promo. (laughs) (laughs) Few people can. I don't know the guy left in WWE that can cut a 20-minute promo, to tell you the truth, but moving on. Um, And then you have this now this Lucha thing and I just appreciate it so much because it's different. You can cast it like a show. I read this thing in Rolling Stone, um, Carly... Uh, Katrina was talking about her work and moving over from WWE even talking to Dusty about wanting to leave there it's a great article if you guys haven't read it you should read it but what stuck out to me is that she said she wanted to come to Lucha Underground because she likes acting and I'm like okay it's still a wrestling promotion that was a pretty big gamble on her part but they told her up front like no they cast her they cast her it wasn't like oh this is a worker that we like her wrestling thing They wanted to bring her in because she was excited about doing something that she never did in a wrestling product before.
1: She was cast. Dario was cast. We haven't seen Katrina even do any kind of work at all. Except for, you know, uh, getting choked by Mill. You know, but that's like... Oh, dude, she took that brutal spear, though, at Ultima Lucha 1. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and here's the the thing.
0: She can actually work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's not necessarily why she's there. She's there to play a character. She plays her part, and you pop for her more now than you would have ever popped for her in any WWE product, right. ever.
2: Or Marty the Moth. Oh my God. Uh, or Matt Cross. Yeah, I but was it? Marty
0: really cast? I mean, Martin, no, I'm pretty sure, is that psycho it's, it's, in real life, isn't yeah. he? Well, <laughs> No,
2: you know what? I have <laughs> he's, talked he's nice to him, guy, and
1: right? he is super nice, yeah. It's crazy to see him show up, this this sort of like frat boy white guy out of nowhere, and he's he even like... Is presented like someone who doesn't fit in. Fanboy asking, "Hey, can I come into the temple?" And Dario sort of lets him in, and you man see, man after him. my own heart. Yeah, and then you right. see him get like beat up a whole bunch, and he's just silly. And I believe and I was does... there at his debut. I was. <laughs> yeah, and it was
0: not. It yeah. was like he wasn't really getting over for the first two and
1: a half seconds, and then all of a
0: sudden it was like, "This is so weird yeah. and awesome!" Like you felt like you were seeing
1: something. But yeah, see, he started being creepy, and it worked. You see yeah. the you see the um, transformation, or, or like the 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 journey's gone from that to like where you see him now in the ring, or yeah, it's just he's he's a big player. This he's, is a guy who like had a small door opened up. He's and fucking
2: he, good too. Yeah.
0: Well, I ca- I just love this too because it, he his storylines opened up and other people and like Killshot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Killshot. Um. You know, and I don't know the whole story behind where the Killshot character came from, but it's obviously something that Lucha came up with. Yeah. And, you know, they fit a wrestler into the gimmick, but it feels like now it's taken on a certain life. And I think that's the potential of of what Lucha is doing compared to what other places are doing. They're not saying, what gimmick could we give this guy? They're saying, we have a gimmick. Who do we cast for it? Yeah. Well, they're more
1: like characters than right. gimmicks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Prince Puma. Yeah, exactly. You And and it's. I don't think it's any secret. Ricochet is brought
2: in to be Puma. Yeah, and you know, you got Cuerno with Ijo del Fantasma. You got No Muertes with Macias. And it's like, this is shit everyone knows anyway. But these character designs were around for a really long time. Like, they drew all the characters in three forms. So they had their ring gear. They had their entrance gear. And they had their casual gear. Like, all of Cuerno's sick-ass cowboy shit that he wears. Yeah. That was that was drawn beforehand. That was they came up with that.
1: I love I love Mill in that dope ass suit. And that
2: dope ass <laughs> suit, suit was in the drawing. Yeah. Right.
0: And it's just like it's it's awesome that they're that they're taking this approach to it, and I don't think it's really been... Don't get me wrong. Wrestlers have been given gimmicks before, but this is different. This is casting people, mm-hmm. and this is part of the reason why Lucha Underground is superior in a lot of ways yeah. as a television show. Don't right. get me wrong. When you go see it live, it's also superior, but they're not touring around the country. They're not trying to do things that other people are doing. They're not trying to fill 60,000-seat stadiums. They don't need to because that's not the end goal. The end goal is to tell a great story week... To week to do that you need great writers you need great casting you need good music you need a lot of things to lead mm-hmm. into that and they're really doing that you shout know? out
2: to ecno for being the band of the week they are probably my favorite that's band of favorite? the week. though they're the guys with the masks the guys right? with the masks those yeah. guys are awesome el contigo nuevo Ola. not really not rodriguez's that. band you better know that pretty <laughs> yeah. was pretty great yeah was pretty good that's a
1: great band um, but they didn't come out and dance with us in the stands. I'm so. pretty sure Mexican okay. Dubweiser
2: died in the comic, because the guy was wearing that hat that got killed, so the M Bison <laughs> hat. Yeah.
0: Well, so anything else you guys want to add about this week's Lucha Underground? I have one more topic I didn't get to today. Oh,
2: let's get to it. You got anything else you want to add about did You uh, look I, like I, you. I
1: enjoyed the show.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: It was a good one, and I'm uh, once again I'm surprised that we had, you know, just weeks after weeks of really ten out of ten. I'm going to give this one another 10 out of 10. Yeah. I can't even believe I'm saying that.
2: Well, can I tell you next week's going to be a fucking 11? Because Jeez. I was there and not do not miss this show.
0: I don't know if I can hang on that long. So I want to talk very quickly about the one thing that absolutely nobody is talking about. The return of John Jones. What? Yeah, I got to go back to MMA for a second here. Because somehow in the tragic deaths that we had this week, tra- Conor McGregor breaking the internet... Um, Another trending episode of Lucha Underground that, by all means, was another 10 out of 10. Everyone in our universe who would normally be talking about this could give a rat's ass about John freaking Jones (laughs) finally coming back. Like three weeks ago, he's getting arrested again, and it's like all this big news, and then Daniel Cormier pulls out, and everyone's like, oh, it's P, John Jones, this, that, and the other thing. Like he's doing a press conference right now that nobody is even watching. Nobody even cares. Everyone just wants to know: Oh, is Conor still going to be on UFC two hundred? Yeah. You know, rest in peace, China. I got to post this Prince video. Poor John Jones. Nah. Like, like <laughs> he's worked so hard, or or we think he's worked so hard. Um, and
2: he's below CM Punk on the newsworthiness. Scale. I know <laughs> it's
0: it's amazing, and maybe it is because DC fell out of the fight. And like I said at the beginning, I think that coming out of this weekend uh that will determine what happens at ufc 200 if you have a healthy john jones making his return who will be the interim champion by the way this is for a fake belt yeah so i mean this is an actual title match even though a lot of people don't consider interim titles uh legit but that's a weird
1: weird thing
0: look i feel like if you're the number one contender and you're scheduled to fight the champion for a belt that is when an interim title is appropriate if the champion is hurt. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the occasions. now, frankie edgar and and uh, Jose Aldo fighting for an interim belt when Connor is not hurt. That one's a little more suspect. I do believe that that should be for an interim belt, but that's just because I think it's going to add to the hype later. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that it may just turn into the real belt because I don't know if we ever mm-hmm. see Connor go back to 145, especially now with all this mess. It's going to turn into the real yeah, belt. Yeah, I think Dana thinks that that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. There's bigger money, bigger names, other people that he can fight that... He could lose his next five fights. They'll all be huge fights and it won't matter. That belt doesn't matter to him anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so John Jones fighting OSP, Ovin St. Peru for the title. Uh, my quick preview of the match I heard John Jones say the most viciously awful thing the other day, huh. which was that he was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just stand Southpaw huh. and just beat him up lefty all day. Like it was nothing. Like just <laughs> I'm just gonna give you my game plan. Because everybody knows John Jones at his best, he has gone in and beaten dudes at their own game. Everyone said he couldn't beat Glover Tejera with with dirty boxing. He mm. walked right inside that man. And just, and Glover is my boy. Glover's a friend. Like, I've known Glover forever. And he was on that tap-out show, and that dude is fierce. I saw him knock a guy out in seven seconds. I mean, just like the dude threw one punch, Glover threw one punch, and that dude's face flew off. Like, and John Jones, this is the man that John Jones just walks up to and is like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna box you on the inside. I got no problem with that. You know, and this is a guy who who wrestled with wrestlers, who everyone he takes it to them with their expertise. I mean, he was slamming Daniel Cormier when they when they fought. <laughs> Daniel Cormier is an Olympic level wrestler. John Jones ain't and got a no big Olympic. fucking dude. Yeah, he was a heavyweight before that. You know, like two fights before that, DC was still a heavyweight. Anyway, so the most terrifying thing I heard this whole week was John Jones just like, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'll just you know come at him Southpaw <laughs> John Jones is not a left-handed fighter If he says that he's going to come at you Southpaw I'm I'm deathly afraid for OSP like I had <laughs> I had a list of keys to victory for OSP I think the key to victory for OSP is to be alive when <laughs> this match is over when this fight is done uh, I, think I, it, I think
2: the the key to victory is to win uh, a no contest due to drug test failure. But maybe that's just <laughs>
0: yeah. Me. I mean, who knows? John John Jones shows up all railed out. Maybe he has yeah. a, no. Because then John Jones is not going to care. and He's going to be gritting his teeth and he's just going to bite down his mouthpiece <laughs> and destroy the man. Um, I don't know. I, I OSP I think is a great fighter. I think these guys would have fought eventually anyway. I was not upset. Uh, I was upset about DC falling out of the fight because that that was a huge fight. But at the same time, I thought OSP deserved to be there. Everybody else in that top five or six or whatever had matches already. You don't Mm want to destroy and blow up other cards. John needs a little bit of a tune-up. OSP gets a shot at the belt. I mean, I guess OSP's key to victory is to know that he's fought for a belt. (laughs) And he's going to have fought the best in the world. And if he survives and shows well against the best in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. John Jones could come in with some ring rust.
2: Yeah, hey Weidman, no one thought he had a chance, and he's the luckiest man alive twice. You know, wow. Yeah,
0: it's true. It could happen. Um, John Jones could maybe not be all there. Maybe all the extra weight that he was lifting, because a lot of people said he blew up too much, and he should have stayed in mm. heavyweight. Ah, maybe the weight cuts hurting him a little bit. And John has not been around since they got rid of IV weight cuts too. I don't know if he was mm. rehydrating with an IV. But, you know, you've seen a lot of guys jump up in weight classes like Donald Cerrone recently and Benson Henderson. Yeah, and a they just of these can't do it anymore. Guys who are big for their weight class. And John Jones, believe it or not, is a big, light heavyweight. It's one of the reasons why his legs are so bone skinny um, because he has to keep them that way to really hit that that 205 weight class. I don't know. He probably walks at 240, 255. Yeah, jeez, Somewhere in there. So, big yeah, big, big guy. I mean, his, his brothers are professional football players. Genetically, oh. he's meant to be a large human being. So keys for OSP to win. I would have said that his, you know, his Southpaw boxing and rotating right would have helped him. Maybe some footwork. Um, I don't know. <laughs> John Jones is a beast. So uh, other matches this week, uh, Demetrius Johnson versus gold medalist, another Olympian gold medalist, Henry Cejudo. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too many people though. Give Henry really a shot. This is a kid who won the Olympics. Right. Right. I mean, who knows? DJ is in the lightest weight class in the UFC. Maybe there is no one at that weight that can beat him. And he, unlike everyone else, is saying he is not going to jump up in weight classes for super fights. He doesn't care. He wants to beat Anderson Silva's record for wins. Hmm. Uh, People don't necessarily think DJ is very exciting. They don't really believe in how he sells fights. I think DJ is actually a pretty good talker on the microphone. I just don't think that he's had the kind of rivalry with someone else who's interesting enough to really make that talk worth anything. I think this is a guy that after his career is over, we're going to look back on Demetrius Johnson and we're going to say that dude was legit. One of the best fighters ever. And he was underappreciated in his time. It happens to a lot of people in a lot of sports, you know, Yeah, I don't think the DJ is any different, but him versus Henry Cejudo. uh, I'm going to predict that, that, DJ wins this one. I'm gonna predict it goes long. It may even go the full five. Mm-hmm. So have a cup of coffee, have a drink. <laughs> yeah, but ready. it's gonna
2: be a fast-paced five. So it's gonna yeah. be,
0: it's gonna look like a blur on your TV screen. It's yeah. gonna be, you know, flash crossover on Supergirl. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> running in circles. Um, but I expect that Henry will be one of the toughest challenges. Henry does have some ways to beat him, obviously with his wrestling is one of them. We'll see. Just don't know. But I I I I am putting my money on DJ for that one. Uh, Edson Barbosa versus Anthony Pettis. Uh, I am one of the few people, I like Anthony Pettis. I love his moves. I love his flip kick off the cage. He is a very exciting fighter. I, however, think he was always overrated. Do you think Ooh. he was
2: overrated? You know, um, when I see him in big money fights, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's brought it before, but lately... I think Barboza's got this one. So
0: Yeah, and yeah. I kind of feel that way too. I mean, you know, they're both great fighters, and Anthony's a former champion. I just feel like Edson's on his way up and Anthony might sadly be on his way out already.
2: Or just stagnant in the middle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right? And he'll always catch big fights. He's flashing, he's fun, but I just don't think uh I just don't think that he has got a full well rounded game at the top of the ladder to really stay at the top. I'm glad he got there once. I'm glad he was on yeah. his Wheaties box. But, uh, which is so fucking. Good, I, right? I I see a lot of guys out there to me at 155 that could that could put a hurt on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, when his contract is up, I'd love to see him negotiate and find his way to Bellator because yeah. I think in Bellator he'll be more exciting. He'll be at the top of the card. He'll be helping the sport
2: more. He'll fight Henderson again.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and he'll and he'll have Bindo over there. Though Bindo's uh, fighting tonight, um, which is you know a very little talked about story is Hindo. Jumped over, Benson Henderson, by the way, Bendo, not not Dan Henderson. Which would be um, awesome, too. Jumped over to Bellator when he came up for free agency. He looked around to see what his contract could do for him, and he just liked what uh, Bellator is offering. You can still do sponsorships in Bellator. You don't have to wear that Reebok crap. Oh. You can do whatever, you know. And, and honestly, for a guy like Benson Henderson, who's been a champion, he can probably pull in way
2: more money in bellator fuck that rebox shit it screws up the video game too. i can't even customize my character properly
0: (laughs) and and he's another guy who who making the weight cut
2: to 55
0: he was a huge lightweight that was a hard weight cut with no iv he's probably going to be looking at more fights at 170 these days Mm -hmm. than 155 uh his choice to jump to bellator i think was great he did it in his prime and if a few more guys do it like that in their prime Um, where you're seeing really a top-caliber level, those guys who are in the, I would say, the top 10% of the entire sport, if you get a few more of those guys over in Bellator plus the homegrown ones, I think you really got something that might start to really compete with UFC.
2: Instead of looking like the TNA of UFC. Well, it's
0: just so hit and miss. I mean, you get these circus freak show fights, and then you get a couple of their really good guys or interesting guys like the Pitbull Brothers or something or being there, or Chandler, or whatever. You get some interesting fights, but then... There's just, like, oh, some random no-name who's one in three. And, like, what are these fights sometimes? The dude
2: will say, I'm going to fucking grind the guy on the fence for three rounds and get a decision in his pre-match promo, and that's what he fucking does.
0: Yeah, like, those are not the fights. I I expect we'll see uh, Jared Roschalt over there soon, after because he just got let go from the UFC for having, like, four in a row of the worst matches ever and his brother was on the Tap Out TV show that I worked on I loved his, his brother Jake Rochalt, but uh, Jared was not exciting to watch no. not exciting to watch um, so you also got Robert Whitaker versus Tafia Natal I think that's a, a toss up and Yara Rodriguez versus uh, Byron's favorite fighter Andre Touchy Feely yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't like
1: touchy-feely? I don't know anything of what's happening. Those are games
0: you like to play. We know that. Oh, anyway, uh, touchy-feely's fighting. I actually am going to pick touchy-feely in that fight over Yair, even though Yair's only lost once. Uh, I just think the experience that Andre has is going to get that one done. That's all I have to say about that fight. I still can't believe this is a week where we're not even talking about John Jones' return. <laughs> we're not talking about his legal issues. That should be all the the, the biggest hype in the world right now. Um <laughs> I watched Ultimate Fighter this week. There's some great ep- uh, fights on there, but you know it comes on a Wednesday night, so I don't tweet about it much because I'm usually talking Lucha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, And I'll get more into Ultimate Fighter probably down the line as it gets interesting, but those two coaches, boy, Claudia Godella and, and Joanna Janjicic. Did I say that right? Joanna Champion. Th- those women do not like each other. They do not like each other. Like You can just see in the faces of sometimes two people that like, like Cormier and Jones... They don't like each other either. No. These are people who have genuine... <laughs>
2: Rampage and Evans.
0: No. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested in those things. It's going to be an exciting weekend. There's going to be a ton of news next week. Kay, you heard it from Casey. that next week's uh, Lucha Underground should be great and you if, heard you, it from, if you
2: miss that I'm fucking coming for you
0: yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see what Eric Van Wagner says about it because his tweet this week got me stoked and I was just like expecting a run of the mill episode and I guess it was a run of the mill episode run of the mill's 10 out of 10 for Lucha Underground yeah. these days
2: yeah get ready for an 11 guys
0: alright well <laughs> that's it for us anybody got anything else to add anything else to plug Byron no I'm okay all right, and uh, thanks Watch to much our, much. our special call-in guest hoping that Casey wasn't dead, Vinny Massaro. Thanks, Vinny. Making his appearance two weeks in a row here on Mass Massive Mayhem. Vinnie!
1: Bumping the ratings.
0: So until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix.